Welcome to the Atlanta Warhammer Podcast. Hey. Speed. Speed, man. Speed. Speed, man. Sweet speed, yo. I, you know what? I'm glad, first off, that we did all that speed. And second off... <laughs> uh, let's go. Let's go. Let's do this. You know what I'm excited about today? What, what are you excited uh, about? There's two things. Mm-hmm. We are recording this right now, and I look over to the monitor that I switched off the screen I was about to reference for this, so I've already failed 10 minutes, not even 10 minutes, one minute into the podcast. Perfect. As is tradition. As is tradition. Uh, they are doing the live from Adepticon thing tonight, so... You've already listened to it, because there's no way I'm going to get this out in the hour after we finish recording before it starts. Nope. But uh, I'm excited for that. that I am, too. Cool. There might... should be some fun things Yeah, yeah. From I'm pretty, pretty sure it's just 10th edition of 40K. Probably. I feel like it's <laughs> that's one of those things that um, they've been trying to like not reveal a lot of secrets mm-hmm, of. Mm-hmm. But then they did you see where they accidentally shipped uh, an unreleased model to yeah. somebody? That they ordered the old resin one, and they sent the brand new plastic mold, and it was like, oh, uh, whoops. whoops. Which, that was know, a mistake. You know, working next uh, and in and around a giant warehouse, I'm glad that other people also make mistakes. And th- you know what? I, I pointed this out to my friends and employees back here. I was like, we've never made a mistake that had to bork an entire product <laughs> launch. Like, whew. That's true. We've screwed things up, but, but not like that. never done that. Yeah. And guess what? They're a much bigger company. They are much bigger, yeah. I feel like somebody probably got yelled at or is no longer with the company after that one. Ugh. Tell us, James. What did you do? Yeah, did what you, did, you did you do, James? Did you put did you put them in like the in like the stocks? You know the giant space marines they roll out to trade shows. Mm-hmm. Those are actually like they're modeled off the old Iron Bowl torture device. Oh yeah, they just put you in the space marine and just heat it up until it dies. <laughs> and the screams make the sounds of a Vox recorder. Mm. Yeah. That information tracks. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's the first thing I'm excited about. Yeah. Second thing I'm excited about. What's that? Guns. Yeah, we're getting so many guns. I am so excited. We are holding America right now. <laughs> I am excited for these flying dwarves that have guns and cool ass ships and neat spacesuits and all this kind of Mines stuff. Mines and bombs and everything yeah. else. So are you ready to talk? I'm ready to talk about all some right, characters. So this Overlords. is the Leagues of Votan. Uh, no. The newest Get army that in forty. Get crap <laughs> out of here. This is a no, there's no 40k bullshit around here. Look at that guy, he's the same guy. Uh, <laughs> what you all what guy. you all can't see at home is I have a bit prepared where I had my Leagues of Votan Codex hidden under my Caradron Overlords book and I lured Josh in I did and think, then flipped the book on top of the other one. I did I did think that book looked too sus- <laughs> suspiciously thick. Too thick. Uh, too yeah. thick for for my liking. No, way too many war scrolls. Yeah, that's that one actually. I think actually the Votan might have more war scrolls. Oh god, somebody's going to somebody's going to clip that too thick for my liking. I just did because yeah, I, I let you say it again mm-hmm. with some airspace on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that was my whole bit I prepared. I have two prepared bits. That was one of them. All right. That's that's what I got today. But hey, you know what? We're doing books. We're we're doing we're, books. we're we're catching up, man. GW, please slow down. Slow down, please. <laughs> Dear God. Oh my God. We have what got- Slanesh and corn that we have to pick up in two days. Yes, that is coming this. very soon. And you know, we should say this: we do not get pre-release books. No, we do uh, not. We are not a beloved member of the if, Warhammer. If you, if you would like to give us pre-release books, G Dubs, Mister James. Uh, we would appreciate that. That would be swell. Yeah. But uh, we understand that we might not be a particularly uh, a, a particular podcast that you may be looking to give pre-release books to. Also, they give them to people like AOS Coach who do a good job early. Ah, uh, we would still be late with oh, them. Oh, so I don't, I don't yeah. know that really. Yeah, <laughs> does, does it really does it really matter? Yeah, you know what? You know, you don't send us books. We're early. an entertainment podcast yeah. first. <laughs> Can you send us all the books we didn't buy from the last year? Yes, GW. like the Sylvaneth book that we're supposed to do a book. I forgot on that, that came out that we can't find. I, I think I bought it. Did you? I think I didn't. Uh oh, <laughs> maybe I didn't. I don't know. We'll get to that eventually. But you know what? We both bought? when the next Sylvaneth book comes out. <laughs> 
That's yeah, yeah. When they, you know what? When they do another fix or a change on Wildwoods, that's when we'll do a Sylvaneth episode. So, so from, two weeks from now. two weeks from now, the minute a Sylvaneth team or player gets anywhere near like a twenty top twenty percent thing, is everybody mm-hmm. like, oh, we got to make Wildwoods confusing again? That that's the rule. Yeah, there there are certain rules in in AOS. One of them is that. Uh, Wildwoods will never make sense. The, the other one is that when we are going to tell you how to deep strike and bring a friend, it's going to be four paragraphs of word nonsense. And I understand they have to be super legalese with it, but it is kind of like, we were talking about that with the spider. <laughs> and it's like, this is a really long paragraph to say he can show up with two buddies. Yep. Yeah. So speaking of very long, intricately worded things that benefit you, Carriage and Overlords. Let's talk. I, I tried to dramatically flip the book. You did, open, but you but only opened to the, like you barely even. You didn't even get a page. I didn't open. even get the page open. Yeah, I just got just to, to the, the first thing. Uh, yeah. So uh, I'm gonna just basically give. Did most you just of throw the it to me? Yeah, I, I have some lore stuff that I picked out as I was yeah. reading through. Uh, I admitted earlier that I think I bought the first KO book and read the lore. I don't know that I bought the second one. We had a good long think of if there have been three books. I'm pretty sure there have. There have because I'm pretty sure this was the cover of the second one. Was this guy right? Uh yes yeah yeah okay. the 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 Grunstock Thunder was the cover of the fir- of the second book yes I don't remember what the cover of the first book was I think it was also a Grunstock Thunder we got a new cover this time that that's it's cool so neat we it, got we got Sky Wardens yeah Sky Wardens are the cover this time fighting but, bats yeah but not like, not even like like big <laughs> vampire bats, bats. they're just kind of but look at them they're just kind of like normal looking bats well you know I mean they're big yeah it is funny though they're AOS bats yeah well yeah oh yeah it's true well then they're Bates with, with an, an e. e, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Oh, good. Um, but yeah, so, so tell me book. about the KO. Yeah, I'll tell a little, little, little quick history lesson for your or AOS lesson for your carriage and overlord people. If you yeah. have no idea who they are, if this shows um, up at a table and you've never seen this army, you're gonna go, "What? What is the this? hell? What is this 40k bullshit that just <laughs> showed up on my table?" Which guy leaves a potato? Because over here. But the carriage overlords are Duarden. Yes. Or dwarves for your uh, non <laughs> Warhammer people. Yeah, yeah. Um, they are the masters of the sky in the Age of Sigmar universe. Uh, they are similar to your Fire Slayers, except not like Fire Slayers, ruins, uh, and like religious god shit. Yeah. Um, Freaking Carriage and Overlords, sky, and. Bureaucracy <laughs> and, and devout atheism in the face of actual gods. <laughs> yes. Like literally, you're talking to a god, and you're like, nah, "I don't believe that." Yeah, I'm not sure about this. <laughs> yeah, um, the, I think the best way to describe character overlords is like what neo-capitalism is. Yeah. <laughs> well, so let's. Uh, you know what? I can. I have a. You want to hear my second bit? Let's just yeah, get them out yeah, of the way. Let's here go. Let's go right. the bits. So, hero. Here's things that the KO love. All right. Uh, what ooh, I found ooh, while reading ooh, this book. Ooh. Ooh. It's, uh, we should do it like a uh, like a top ten, like the old like top ten list from like the. Uh, uh, how many? How many do you have? I have six. You have six. Okay. Yes. So coming in at number six on things that carriage and overlords love: keeping workers in their stations by managing their income so they can never get anywhere in life. Yeah. Number five on the list of carriage and, or things that carriage and overlords love. Uh, oh god, I got to order. Okay, here's their fifth one. They love polluting. <laughs> Specifically, love polluting because they, they have options to not do it, and they just don't do it. That they way. are they are very much in the uh, non-eco friendly verse. Absolutely not. Number four on the thing that uh, carriage and overlords love: the pollutions cause horrible diseases. But don't worry, you can fix them if you have a lot of money. Healthcare only for the rich. That's a paragraph. Well, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's uh, a real thing. I just, I just got really dark all of a sudden because I just kind of felt like uh, it's we, gonna get darker yeah, as this bit goes dark, on. But it felt like America. <laughs> uh, well, you might have revealed the end of the bit. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>! uh, 
Number three on the things that carriage overlords love. Bureaucracy and politics, but only if it benefits them. So America, uh, number yep. two on the things that carriage overlords love. Guns. America! But what's no, the number one number thing they one love? Number one thing that carriage overlords love? Give me them stacks and Skrilla. I want money. Money. I don't care about anything else besides the other five we, things. Yeah, but money. List. It's but money. money. It's all about money. Cash rules everything around these guys. It's, it's true. They are the premier... Uh, enterprise ease. They are. I mean, they literally have corporations and enterprises and stuff. I, I don't know that they didn't start as a farcical interpretation of America. It's... It's really... Yeah, it's really not uh, far off. Yeah. Uh, well, I, like, I mean, I have right here, are the KO just American Republicans? <laughs> <laughs> it's because, true. like, oh, that does kind of line up. Guns, yeah. money... Capitalism. Uh, bureaucracy. Yeah, yeah, bureaucracy. Caring about pollution over profits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah well, well, it all kind of tracks out. It all yeah. kind of checks out. It checks out. Um, so, yeah. So, that's kind of who they are. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's really... It's funny because, like, there's a lot of, like, intricacy within them mm -hmm. as far as, like, an organizational structure as far as, like, character overlords go because they have a code, right? It's, like, right. basically this giant tome document that says this is how business can be operated amongst... Other sky like between skyports, between other races, uh, basically just all of it. Yeah. Like it is, it is a freaking index of this is how you're allowed to operate. Um, so you're telling me it's a, a, a codex or perhaps a, a tome that indeed. they would read from. Okay, okay, <laughs> all right, oh, I get this. Um, but there's the funny the, the thing that I love the most about it is that there's room for interpretation. Mm -hmm. um, so if so, they're bad war gamers. They, well. <laughs> They are rules. Or they're good right. on their perspective. They are rules as written people. Yeah. <laughs> so Well, until if, until they need to go, oh, but I actually think the intent of this one was a little different. Right, right. And, right. I, and I may have just changed it. And I, and I might have just changed a couple of the, you know, changed change yeah. a little bit of the, a little of the rules. Basically, every rule that has existed within their within their tome or their codex, their code, mm -hmm. uh, ha has come about because somebody, like there was a, there was a rule that was written, and then somebody went, well, I can actually kind of... I can interpret it this way, and they go, "All right, so section one, part B, line forty-three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, there's a rule for that now because somebody bent it, and so we had to make an adjustment to it. That's how all of that's how their entire society yeah. is operates from, which is even better now because they gave us a new model yeah, we, with the we release of this book that, that we that we talked about last time. That is literally a guy whose entire job is to have the code." And then to make interpretations of the code for the benefit of whomever he, whomever like a company he is assigned. I was gonna to. say for money. Yeah, for yeah. monies. Yeah, because that's what they're motivated by. Yeah. Well, and it's it is kind of interesting because the talking about the lore. The one thing that I really liked was they. Uh, <laughs> I like that they're not fans of Grungy because he keeps making stuff for Stormcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's like wait a second, which parallels to me all the people that are like. Uh, stop releasing Stormcast models. I want more for my army. And I'm like, but the Stormcast models pay the bills. Hold on. Making things for Sigmar pays the bills. <laughs> ah, I like all these uh, parallels that are lining up here. Yeah. There's a... The Carriage and Overlords have a suspicious amount of, uh, uh, I guess, similarities between a certain subsect of the of Wargamers. Yes. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that it's not even intentional at this point. Yeah. Like that, when they released the rules lawyer as a model. Yeah, it, it like, kind of. Oh, it kind of felt okay. it was like, oh, this is this is the this, they're a little bit tongue in cheek. Yeah, um, but while also being horrible and terrible. Well, <laughs> it, they in a way, this is one of the more. I don't, I don't know how to say this. 
old Warhammer Fantasy was much more grimdark. Yes. Like, and, and obviously, like, on the chaos side of stuff, it still kind of keeps a lot of that tone. On the Order side, it doesn't quite as much. It's still, it's perilous and grim, but not, there's always, like, this underlying, like, hope. Some of the stuff in here about the KO, like, kind of almost veers back into, like, just life is shit. You wake up, you work in a factory in a skyport. If you get a little too drunk, they just throw you over the edge. And you can't possibly be anything because somebody at one point went, you can't be an Arcanaut, and then you never win. And then you're never going to win. Yeah, and I'm right. like, oh, wow, that's grim dark in a way that feels way too close to home, see previous bit. So, yeah. yeah. Maybe that's why it resonated with me so much. <laughs> but the thing I did like about reading their lore is uh, there was a, a on page nine, I think it was, that said they could have actually always had this technology, but they had all these self-imposed chains to, like, hold on to tradition. Mm -hmm. And then when it was either that or die, a bunch of them just died. Yeah. Like the original ones they were just, just like, oh, nope, that's it. And even worse, it specifically says that when they died, their souls were all lost to chaos as well. So, like, their, their religious belief did not work out for them. And these guys saw that, so you can understand why when even Grungi shows back up and person they're like oh uh, i'm not not, not down for this yeah like even the ones that are revering him there's, there's some there's like the one uh, uh skyport that reveres him that's kind of like yeah they're back we were right the one that doesn't really like to change the code yeah. it's very traditionalist it still has still has their priests and a lot of them are kind of like hey i uh, mm, uh oh we're gonna have to bury a lot of dirt that we've done in the past <laughs> couple of generations and also redo a lot of code stuff and does it just all get rewritten now that god is back and right all this kind of stuff well, and there, you know, there becomes some, I guess, some questions about that with Grugni coming back and being so aligned with Sigmar because, you know, the Carriage and Overlords, as tradition, have not really cared who they've done business with. No. They're, like, they've they've done business with, with All of Order, mm. they've and they've done some business with Death. Like, they yeah. actually don't care if you're alive or dead. Chaos, too. I don't and know if it was in this as well. one, yeah. but I remember there in was one little story, one. yeah, about yeah. them working with some Chaos people. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they, uh, they regularly, like, there's a particular uh, Skyport that works with the Ossiarch Bone Reapers quite frequently because they are like, yeah, no, we'll trade you bones for Aether Gold. That's fine. Who cares? I mean, didn't we play that army? We did. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very logical army. Yeah. It's like, well, these are both very almost immoral people who want their own version of currency and it just so happens that they don't, it's not the same type of currency. Yeah. And so, it just so, so happens that if you got one, it's probably easy to take the other one from the person you just murdered for yeah. it. So, nice. so, so, you might be, so you might wonder a little bit like why the Carriage of Overlords took to the sky, right? Like yes. the, their counter, their Dwarven counterpart stayed on the ground. Even the dispossessed stayed on the ground for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> um, except for like that one dispossessed model. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. Well, and it's, it's weird because um, they talk about the ones that went like and the cities of Sigmar stuff. And it's just, it's a little bit of a disconnect because those old models are kind of kicking around and they have to have a reason for them to be there. Yeah. But you've got like Cogsmiths, which are, why is that there and not in, in KO? In, in and kind of, yeah. Stuff, yeah. Pullover um, stuff. But yeah, so like the... Basically, when all the chaos stuff happened and there's mountains were falling and everything like that, KO took to the sky, chasing after this thing called Aethergold, mm -hmm. right? Aethergold is this weird material that is metallic, but is actually, like, stays in, like, a gaseous form for the most part yeah. until it's refined. Um, and then it becomes, like, the super strong, very valuable metal. Right. Um, and it powers most of Carriage and Overlord society. Yes. So you, they're constantly chasing it, constantly, find, like, basically riding the winds of... The realms, realms, fucking worlds. Yeah, the realms. Ooh, yeah, I don't we'll know. go with the, the skies realms. of the, the realms, skies of the realms, which are unto everything. themselves infinite disks of <laughs> yeah. non-quantifiable areas. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so chasing this stuff to basically refine the like to refine this gaseous metal so that it can be you know more ha like hardened and used in all of their different stuff. Yeah. Um, 
the things that have sort of changed from like previous lore into new lore, right? So there's a couple things that have happened. One, Kragnos is back. Uh, and so that whole like big thing that Elariel did with the life and all that shit yeah. sent a bunch of beasts crazy. So now there's beasts in the sky, and that's a bit of a problem for the carriage and overlords because that makes the skies way more dangerous, and the skies were not particularly safe to begin with. Yeah, they, <laughs> they were the masters of the skies because they had all the guns, but right. that didn't mean they were just floating up there unobstructed. Like, Zinch is also, is also up, up there, there and, and then, really hates them. And now there's fucking manacores everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Which is one of my favorite things from the new book where they talk about uh, the manacores being up there and like, yeah, there's a new... Uh, They've perfected a new trick now called the uh, Mornar Dive. <laughs> they just <laughs> kill all the engines when they see something in the sky, and they're like, "Yeah, we're just gonna let all of this bottom out, and then we're gonna, uh, and then once the beasts uh, clear the cloud line, we're gonna just turn all the engines back on and point our guns up and shoot the thing out of the sky because that's the only way to deal with it." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and we uh, also we've we've thrown out a bunch of times at Grungi coming yes, back. Yes, Grungi um, coming back is the other big change, which was because of Kragnos, and we should say that he. Uh, on the at the end of the whole Kragnos thing is when he officially revealed himself. Although this book says that he's been working for generations behind the scenes, kind of yeah, he's, like nudging the he, dwarves. Yeah, so and he's stuff. so uh, according to this, Grugni actually never like went away, away. Yeah, he just sort of took a back seat and was like, oh, I'm just gonna like sort of see how a lot of this stuff plays out. And for the most part, it's kind of played out to the way that Grugni wanted it to, with like how Fire Slayers were doing their stuff, how Dispossessed were doing their stuff, and how the Carriage and Overlords were doing their things. But he would just kind of poke his head in and kind of nudge things yeah. along the way that he wanted them to be nudged along. So that Almost in the way that, like, in most media and real life, uh, deities are... In, it, the the Age of Sigmar deities are much closer to, like, Greek deities, where they're just fucking showing up and ruining your day sometimes. Right. And Gungi was like, I'm going to lay back and, like, little touches here and there. Yeah, just sort of push some things in... It's like, oh, I, we need a sign. Well, I'm not going to give you a sign, but I'm going to just kind of subtly nudge you in the back yeah. to the right direction that I want this to kind of go. Um, and a lot of that is to, you know, create better, I guess, more harmonious relationships between themselves and uh, the Canaanites <laughs> and the forces of, like the forces of Sigmar. And you know, and all, and the cities of Sigmar, and all that stuff as well. Well, um, the reason that uh, the Celestine Prime didn't just take Marathi to to you know Pain Town right in that meeting is because Grungi showed up and threw open the door and was like, "Hey, don't kill her yet, but we got a uh, <laughs> we, we're gonna need her <laughs> for a little her. bit against all these new yeah, stuff that showed up. There's a lot of stuff that showed up, and it's really bad. Yeah, this Kragnos guy is terrible. There's no possible way to defeat him, and then it's like, I don't know, he's only like 18 wounds. I'm pretty yeah, sure we can really handle this guy. That like, difficult. Have you seen the Stormcast Dragons? They're yeah, pretty like, tough. Yeah, he's 720 points, but he dies on the table real fast. <laughs> yes, he, he hits everybody around him. I don't know why are we worried. Just yeah, shoot him at a distance. If only we had guns. Oh, oh wait, wait Stormcast and Ko have all the guns. Yeah, but yeah, so Grungi basically. His goal seems to be, as a god, is unifying the old pantheon of order, right. which was included in the gash, which I'm kind of wondering if, because they just beat the shit out of the gash and they <laughs> broke his physical form. All right, I admit it, I'm a huge Nagash fan. He was being a dick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I un understood, understood. Um, but I wonder if now, with Death not having that head and Arcan also being gone, Death doesn't really have a prime leader physical like presence. I wonder if, in rebuilding that pantheon, Grungi's going to try to reach out to, I don't know, a very ordered and structured death army that has logical, like, delineations of enemies versus friends and also maybe works with the KO sometimes. Yeah. And Catacross is still alive. That's, that's very true. I would love to see that turn. Catacross is, like, brought onto the council. 
Because he would absolutely be like, yeah, I'm not going to kill you unless I need to. Right. Total efficiency. Yeah. If efficiency above all else. Um, There's a fly in here. There is. We were you, trying you, to catch. We tried to I catch kept, for like two minutes. My, my Nurgle. <laughs> Get out of here. Oh, well, he's just going to be a part of the show now. Yeah. Welcome to the show, fly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, I mean, death and order aren't that oh. separate. They're both lawful. They're, yeah, they're both lawful in, like, in their own bizarre sort of weird ways yeah i think um, you could say probably there's fringe outliers like night haunt as a death army is not they don't have societies or build structures or really right. keep order they're just kind of a rolling wave of nightmares um and you know daughters being in order is a little like i mean i guess we're, we're, we're right up little, against it really ledge. feels like you're should be in chaos but like <laughs> i guess that yeah. you kind of make sense in order um but I like the idea that Grungi is, like, getting the, the band back together a little bit um, and keeping the band from killing each other because this is definitely after Guns N' Roses has broken up, like, five mm -hmm, times, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and he's trying to get them back together. So that was kind of cool. That was one of the things that I was like, okay, seeing it from that perspective made me change my perception a little bit of, like, Marathi not getting what she deserved for doing all of that stuff. Right. Okay. But, but only because, yeah, there's a greater threat to be dealt with yeah. coming up type of thing. Oh, there always is. Yeah. It's the age of Sigmar, baby. There's it's always true. something. There's always something coming. Well, because we got to keep making toys and books. <laughs> yeah, we gotta keep, the game has to keep going. <laughs> yeah. They can't win. Can't, yeah. They can't win. <laughs> that would be, be very bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of like, that's sort of, I would say that's kind of like your Carriage and Overlord's primer. Right? Yeah. That kinda, and that kind of keeps you up to, to date with what, where things are currently. I was going to say, the Dawnbringer Crusade stuff, I think, is the last little bit of, oh, yes, yes, of yes. stuff. And I think mostly that was just two parts which was one, there was the one Skyport uh, that was, I think it was Zilfin maybe, that was selling the floating islands to the people who, the Dawnbringer Crusades considered those like religious artifacts essentially that they needed for their crusade. And the dwarves were like, well, this is money, so I'm going <laughs> to sell you your religious, I'm going to sell you these finger bones of a saint. <laughs> and uh, the standoff, I know we're skipping ahead a little bit, but the, the standoff between them where like, they loaded up all the bombs and hovered over the Dombringers, and then the Dombringers got their Luminarchs of Hish and aimed at the Ironclad and made a little red spot appear <laughs> on it by heating up the metal, and, like, everyone's just, like, waiting. And I really like that, like, visual of, like, who's going to start annihilating who in this yeah. situation? Who, who who fires first? Yeah. The answer's Han. Um, it's true. <laughs> what, did, what was the, the thing that made Greedo say in the newest edition? Oh, uh, was there, yeah. He says, like, some weird word or something and it's like why yeah why did they keep going back to that scene because they're because it, it, it will always cause uh strife and chaos yeah that's true and it's a hot take for podcasts i think you and i might be one of the first people to talk oh, yeah. about the fact that star wars has had its scenes reworked a couple of times mm -hmm. i you know i go on the internet i don't, I I don't know anybody else talked about it. i don't i don't think so yeah i think we're the guys yep we're it. it. it's a star wars podcast now crazy it's awesome <laughs> It's very, I mean, it, we're you know we're we're pretty close on it. We do have guns. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We, we we have guns and ships and short dudes and metal metal suits. Yeah, and, and somehow Grungy has appeared. Indeed. <laughs> oh god, there we go. We we we've just looped it all we back looped around. Looped it all around. Uh, but unlike uh, Star Wars movies, this one will ultimately be kind of a confusing mess at the end. Because the books, the rules seem pretty normal. Oh yeah. Yeah. For the most part. That I was the last Star Wars movie at the end when they're riding a horse on a Star Destroyer, and I'm like, every Star Destroyer has a super god cannon on it, and the Emperor's <laughs> throwing lightning into space, and I'm like, what is going on with this? Uh, movie? Just, what is happening? Hey, yeah, at least Lando's back. I'm happy for Lando. Just a good, we're just out here having a good time. I'm happy that Billy's back. Um, he's, he's having a good time. So, is there anything else you want to touch on the, for the lore portion of this? So that was that story was one of my favorite ones. Um, the let's see, 
the uh, I'm looking through my notes right now, which I uh, wrote with an Apple pencil last night in the dark. So they're Ooh. a little hard to read. <laughs> a little tough to read there. Um, but I the part where they just hate. They don't hate Grungy, and like they're they're not split because most of them seem to be sort of ambivalent on him coming back. They're just kind of waiting to see what he does to their monies. Yeah, but some of them are like, "Yeah, he's back. We love him," and some of them are like, "Oh, we do not like this guy," um, because of the Stormcast stuff and all that. There was there's a couple of cool things in here because they've they this is a well written book. Yes, like the the lore is interesting. There's a couple of things in here that I'm really happy. Is it because there's a lot of structure? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> hey, it feels like whoever was in charge of the copy, I mean, it was probably multiple people and stuff like this, really liked this army because they explore a lot of it. And even the little the stories in the end where it's like, these guys showed up and then this fight happened and then this fight happened. There's a lot of details in there that make it like much more evocative and visual. And it's a very, it's a cool looking army. You've got a lot of cool art because it's flying and there's guns. Yeah. That's neat. You know? it, well, it's, I mean, it's, you know, we say this a lot, but, you know, there's only a, what we'd say a handful of Age of Sigmar armies that are like, unique in like their design and look yeah uh carriage overlords is one of them because i mean yeah you know we make jokes that they it's really a 40k army that wind up in aos but you don't have like the dwarven you know you don't have the dwarven sky people like right metal suits and and even steampunk dwarf stuff in other fantasy tends to be still in about the mines and the mountains and that kind of stuff like this is not this is about the skies about the skies baby so the other cool thing, this is going to scoop super far ahead to page 25. Um, because, th- by the way, if you, if you like the lore and stuff of this, I highly recommend getting this book and reading it. Like it is, It's one of the ones that I was actually reading every paragraph from. Yeah, it's, it's, like, a, it's, oh. a fr- it's a front to backer. Yeah, I was surprised on that. Because sometimes I start reading one of the stories and go, yeah, all right, I don't care. Yeah. Like it's, there's a lot and sometimes they don't really matter. Um, on page 25, what the fuck is a golem kind? <laughs> What did all of a sudden they're just like, yeah, ancient allies of the Dordan unseen since the age of myth. So once again, we're introducing a new race by going, oh, they were here. They were just hidden like the Ideneth and mm-hmm. like the Ossiarchs and like, uh, so I think the love of the way they have to retcon in armies. It's yeah. really funny when they do it. Um, the golem kind emerged from their dusty cog holes so long sealed against the predations of the age of chaos. And basically they use like these flare cannons and make contact with the carriage and fleets. And their hope is through Grungi, uh, they can secure a new Realmstone power and become a life anew as a force in the mortal realms available now in a starter set. So I'm kind of excited because this the, sounds cool. For Golem Kind? Yeah. yeah. Golem Kind sounds dope. Golem Kind sounds cool. Golem Kind sounds like a really interesting either army or addition to KO. Yeah. As a ground-based elite kind of thing to give some variety on it. Because that's what they kind of sound like. Because I'm imagining, I mean, we don't know, but I'm imagining big steampunky kind of machines, but may like really retro looking and if you look at like the age of sigmar old scenery and stuff some of it had like this kind of like cog stuff built in so i I think it could be really cool i you know the because if there is one thing that's like missing i want to say missing well there is i guess almost yeah that i guess is kind of missing from from this army is more of a foot like heavy based troop yeah. That you can have in like a pack of three or something like that. Why don't you have a cool ass walker with legs that hooks to the bottom of the ironclad and they drop that shit in like those uh, 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 Clone Wars things, you know, with the six legs? Oh, and yeah. They, they just drop them down and they just start pounding on the ground and shooting cannons everywhere. Like a mobile land fortress would be so cool for the KO. That would be really neat. Yeah. I mean, they talk about how they've had to do ground assaults and stuff and it's not their best way to fight. Seems like these super smart guys would invent a really cool thing that did that. <laughs> Some sort of like retrofit their their golem kind to do that maybe, for them maybe the golems are like we don't know what size they are 
Yeah. These things could be like like Imperial Knight sized compared to the Dwarden. That'd be, that'd be rad. So yeah, they could be. They just they just walk up and just punch a Gargant in the face. It's like, <laughs> like oh that? my god, this is my uh, this is my Iron Giant here. <laughs> He's that's what it is. It's just the Iron, yeah, giant. Just Iron giant. So we will all cry at the end of that one. Oh, Superman. Anyway, anyway, yeah, there's your little sadness for you. <laughs> um, so that that was the part where I was like, oh, that's that's an old school GW hint to something that's probably never going to be an army. Yeah, but we hung on the bugs for yeah. like two years, and I think they're all Necromunda models now. <laughs> uh, but whatever, this sounds cool. I want to see some some golem kind. Yeah, some golem kind would be neat. I would I would like to see them on the table. I would love to see some rules for them. Yes. Uh, and then if you'd like to, you know, dig even further into the carriage and overlords, I. Uh, you know they've done this before, but the order of the fleets, where it's just like very quickly broken down exactly how this all works. Yeah, it's like, oh hey, you have your your council, you've got your Arcanaut admiral who then is in charge, and then you have your guilds, which is mm. going to be your Enriggers, your chemists, nav league, fleet service, and all that stuff, and then your ships, and then your Grunstock company, which we were talking about this before the show. Yeah. The Grunstock company is actually like mercenaries for the Carriage Overlords. It's mercenaries of mercenaries, yeah. double mercenaries. Um, yeah, and I, I, the part about the seats thing is interesting. So they have their council that they correct, meet at, right? Which is all the different skyports, and the skyports basically have a number of votes, mm-hmm. basically, for how things progress based on how much freaking income they bring. Yeah, I mean, that's that little chart there. It's <laughs> like, well, if you've got the most capital, you get the most delegates. Uh, the math on this does not make any sense. No. Like, it does not divide. I could not think, I could not find like a number where it's like, oh, if you have for every 50,000, you get another seat. But what this is, is Barack Nar sat on top of this and made the code first. And now they're in charge. And they're always going to be in charge, except there's some talk now about, like, well, wait, do the traditionalists get more seats now that actual God showed back up? Right. Because they were right. Whoops. They were actually right. Now, eh. But they don't make any money. Right. So, so, I don't know. I don't know. Because they're good people. Like, they're trying to help stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, that's why a lot of these stories are like, we're just going to wait and see what Grungi does. Like, yeah. If he starts like exploding us, we'll probably stop doing this. Or we'll do it farther away from him. Right. That time. Yeah. Under cover of night. Under cover of night. <laughs> yeah, so I, I do I do like, and I'm kind of sad, on like 28 and 29, all this cool artwork here. And there's a couple other places where they stick really cool looking artwork on like little like callouts. Yeah. I want to see this like full page. If it exists. It may not. They mm-hmm. may just be taking little elements of things. But like the Barack Zilfern one, that looks like a full piece of art probably. oh yeah that hasn't that's like not that's just condensed a little yeah bit. so I, i'd yeah. like to see like more art from the ko because that is one of the things it's a really cool looking army like art wise very and fastest ships in the land man yeah they ride the winds of war i like that they have basically they live in a constant hurricane and then they go outside and they're like ah seems like a good enough day we've only lost three people blown over the side of the skyport we thought we were gonna lose five it's a <laughs> bumper crop Woo-hoo! it's and like wow that's kind of that grimdark thing where it's like you know what if you just move the skyport no there's we can make more money here but you die yeah but there's more money here. but there's more money to be made yeah the hell with your <laughs> to with your efficiency, sir. Somebody ran the numbers somewhere and said, well, you know what? For every Amazon employee that dies, we make a million dollars, so who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Can make them die faster? <laughs> well, at least get them out of the way faster, yeah. you know. So someone else can die in that spot. Ugh. I also like that the heroes of the Skyports, there's two. <laughs> That's it. There are. Just two. One of them doesn't even really consider himself a hero. Mr. Mr. Brock Grungson, Mr. Uh, mustache Gun himself. Yep, you have Mustache Guns, uh, which is still one of the coolest models, although I'm a little grumpy with him for attacking Dawnbringer Crusades. Because, yeah. you know, stop it. Everyone is attacking the Dawnbringer. Literally everyone is attacking the Dawnbringer Crusades. They are 
if there was an animal that existed that was absolutely delicious and required no cooking, and when you walked up to it, it fell over and presented itself to you, that is what the Domringer Crusades are to every single army in this game. I can't wait for when the Dawnbringer Crusades book comes out and they wind up just being like the worst of order. Oh, man. <laughs> you know what? Either that... Everybody's going to be like, man, everybody was attacking Dawnbringer Crusades. I can't believe... Why is everybody attacking Dawnbringer Crusades? Dawnbringer Crusades book comes out. Oh, that's why everybody was attacking Dawnbringer Crusades. Yeah. They're a bunch of dicks. <laughs> Turns out the uh, the rampant child slaughter was a big part of the Dawnbringer Crusades. They just didn't mention that on the pamphlet. It's like, woo! But it's... It is funny to me that everybody's attacking him. I hope it. I hope it goes the opposite direction. I hope Domringers comes out and one single little free guild guy with a gun is like two shots, threes and twos, rin two, damage three, because he's the one that survived two years of every single thing trying to kill. I'm just, I'm just, These guys should be the most hardened. At just least people. punching down. Like yeah, they should. Be, they should be like just move out of the way, Stormcast. We got this. <laughs> We're the champions now. We got yeah. Yeah, so anyway, I, I am a little grumpy at uh, Brock for still doing that because like, everyone's picking on those things. You know what? They said that uh, on 9 out of 10 don't make it. If the KO would stop attacking, we might be able to get that to like 8.7 out of 10 don't make it. <laughs> we can get that number down. I, I believe. I believe. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's your, that's your main guy. He's in charge yeah. of everything. And then Drecky Flint, we should say, he's the, like the, the Han Solo yes. of this group. Um, without a Chewie, I don't think he actually has a buddy. Does he? I don't know. I need to read his book. I have it somewhere. I couldn't um, tell you because I haven't read that book. I got I a copy. I don't, yeah, I don't know as much about Drecky Flint. I don't either. I like the what he can do with the ships and stuff. I like the mechanics. Yeah, of yeah, him. Yeah. And that's why I went back and read about him because I was like, oh, that's interesting. And uh, I know he has his own book and stuff. He's he's definitely, I think he's the main character for KO. Like, yeah. Brock is over there doing Brock stuff. But people are more interested in Drecky because he's, you know, a rogue and he's, uh, what does it say? Rogue, ne'er-do-well, gambler, and adventurer. Yeah, so that you've written a cool character. Right. You know, this he's, is this is template for cool character guy. He's a, is he an Underworlds model? Uh, no, he was one of those, um, I think he was one of the ones that you could get, like, a limited edition. Was he? Okay. Yeah. I think, I think I asked if you wanted one. I don't remember. I don't remember when he came out. Yeah. Couldn't he's, tell you. he's in the book somewhere. <laughs> We've seen him. Uh, oh, you know what? He came out when uh, they did the books, and they had him, and they had the vampire guy from his book as well. They released some models that were like the characters from the books. I think that was about when that happened. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a cool-looking model. So that's basically, I think, the lore yeah, of the KO. I think so. They, they love their money. We, they we love did a good job. I think we covered it. I think we covered it. I am look, I'm quickly going through. Obviously, they have the thing where they talk about every unit and kind of what it does and that kind of stuff. And the only and interesting why part... why it exists and... Yeah, I, I say the only interesting. It's all interesting, but like the part that stuck out to me was the Grunstock thing being yeah. mercenaries for mercenaries and uh, the, the gun haulers um, being basically willing to die in order to preserve the cargo of whatever they're escorting because yeah. they understand that if the cargo gets damaged, the mission fails, you know? It's like, the car too much took too much damage, CJ, and then you gotta start over. Right. So they would more willingly die to preserve profits for other members of their clan. Right. So they are devouted aerialists for a super mercenary company who will drive their ships into other people in order to protect stuff. Neo-capitalism, my friend. Yeah, I was like, wow, that's <laughs> that's real dark because they're not going to get any of it. And nowhere in here does it talk a lot about like family, like passing down wealth and stuff. Yeah. So I don't know that that's a concept that really exists. I. We should say one thing. There was one really funny part out of this whole thing, and then I promise we'll stop talking about the lore. Um, which is what you came to this show for. It was not us to talk about lore. It's probably for us to misinterpret rules a whole bunch. <laughs> um, was they talked about the the uh, where they tried to introduce gold as a currency. Um, I'm trying to find where it is, and it just 
absolutely didn't work because it was so common. Um, yeah, the gold flood. Oh, yeah. So they tried to use precious coins, uh, precious metals as coins, and the Dwarden are just sitting on all these mountains going, yeah, let's do this. But the problem was is, like, everybody did that. And then essentially gold became, as it says here, the weight of coin becomes more of a hazard than the value can excuse. So they destroyed their market by flooding. Oh, it is America. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's, that's it. But I like that they threw that in because that has nothing to do with the rest of the story of the KO. Yeah. It's just a little nod that's like, yeah, they didn't have a handle on economics in the beginning. Ooh, that was very bad. The greed got well, I mean, hold of them. Well, also, like, I mean, freaking get all those gold coins, put them on a ship that's going to slow the ship down. That's true. They couldn't take it with them when they're flying away. Yeah. What are you going to spend it on in the space? Like, wh- where are you going to take the gold up there? Ain't going to work. There's no, there was no skyports until they built them. And reading about them building it was kind of funny, too, because it's like the first ones went up and they could hold like 20 people and they started adding on to them and hoping. I just, just every, every time we add to this skyscraper, we just keep hoping that it stays up. How long do you think, because of how Games Workshop handles big turns, one of these skyports crashes into something? Be it a city of Sigmar or like a particularly big end fight where the only way to stop big bad guy X is to hit him with an entire fucking skyport. Oh, it's going to be Barrack Thring. Barrack Thring is the one that's going to have like their skyport get crashed. It kind of, that's uh, that's the one where I was like, either that or Mornar, the bad guy, the uh, bad guys. Because yeah. you could write them, them as entirely mobile like mercenaries. And yeah. I, that could maybe work for him. But I, I I have a tingling. When I read all about the skyports, I was like, this seems like a good story device later <laughs> on. One of these is going to go down at some point. Yes. Yeah. That would probably make a good ending. I mean, it's a cool visual. Hey, it is like the Death Star blowing up. It, we we need to stop Kragnos once and for all. Hit him with a fucking city. <laughs> Just drop a city on him. Ultron was right. Drop a city on him. That would probably stop him. That would probably stop him. You know what? He was buried under a mountain. Pick up a mountain. Put a mountain back on top of him. Solve all problems by dropping mountains on people. This information tracks. I see. I see no problems with it. I, you know, honestly, if they just had a bunch of like rocks and stuff, they could just throw over the side. A lot of the armies in Age of Sigmar, I feel like, in in outside of the game, would have no possible way of fighting Carriage and Overlords. What the hell is a Stabba gonna do? <laughs> get <laughs> what are, lucky. Get what are lucky? the entirety of the Beasts of Chaos gonna yeah, do? They have like yeah, two man. flying monsters. Like, there's a lot of armies that would just in in the actual real world, I put some quotes on that, of Age of Sigmar would just be like, well, they're a mile away dropping bombs on us. What are we, <laughs> we going to do? Yeah, we can't get up there. Can't do anything about that. Corn is just angrily shaking its fist at them. Give me your blood. Get within shooting range of the Korgrath. <laughs> Please. Yeah. So uh, that's, the, that's the KO. That's KO. Yeah, I guess well, Bloodthirster. Uh, I turned immediately to the page of the Bloodthirster just moving <laughs> up. On it. Okay, so the Bloodthirsters can get up there. But not the new ones because they have terrible So rules, I think we take a break and then we come back and we do some rules. Gigabytes Cafe in Marietta, Georgia is your one-stop shop for everything you need for your favorite hobby or fandom. Gigabytes carries a wide selection of miniature lines including Games Workshop, Reaper, and WizKids, not to mention all the terrain, paints, and hobby supplies you need to supplement your tabletop games. Not a wargamer? The cafe boasts an ever-growing selection of hundreds of board games, TCGs, CCGs, and other nerd-based acronyms eager to join your collections. So what are you waiting for? Go to gigabytesonline.com and start shopping now. Starting your own podcast is easier than you think with Blueberry Podcasting, the official home of Atlanta Warhammer. Not only do they make uploading and hosting audio files a breeze, they also feature full WordPress integration, so you can easily share your podcast with the world. All Blueberry Podcasts are optimized for Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and about 100 other podcast services. They even have a free tech support and downloads, and with no contract, you can cancel any time. To get started today, visit Blueberry.com. That's B L U 
A-T-L-W-A-R-R-Y.com. While you're there, use the code A-T-L-W-A-R to get one month of premium hosting totally free. Once again, that's promo code A-T-L-W-A-R at Blueberry.com. Get your voice heard today. Welcome back to the show. That was maybe that weird noise got picked up on the uh, microphone. Uh, I was just like I, I hit the little swivelly bit. Oh, the swivelly bit. Yeah, I've got one down <laughs> here too. Wonder if this sounds like on the microphone. That probably sounds terrible. You're welcome, everyone. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, we've just discovered the swivelly bits. Yeah. Uh, so we're about to hop into the rules, but I actually I, I took Josh aside and I uh, I punched him a few times and was like, I want to talk about the pictures in this book. Real Jen fast. Zach wants to talk about pictures. <laughs> so feel free to clock out if you don't care as much as I do about <laughs> photography of little models. I really care about this. I wonder why. Hmm. Um, it's almost like those are my two biggest hobbies combined. Models and photography? Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Weird. I, I do get to say that I do a lot of modeling photography all throughout my life. It's just it went from being attractive people to tiny little monster toys. To even more attractive things. Yes. Tiny little monster toys. Tiny little monster toys. I'm <laughs> and they're much easier to work with, honestly. <laughs> um, so I will say I have, I have learned, though, with my light box and all my super high-def camera and stuff, I sit up here and I took all these pictures of my models and went back. I was like, I am not a good painter as much as I thought <laughs> I was. I'm okay, but I need to fix a lot of this. That's why you should go to Llama Juice Painting for all your painting needs. You should. Good. Yeah, we have some sponsors. Check them out. I don't know. All right. <laughs> It's, it's, it's a just, dynamite drop in money. Hey, you get commercials and stuff. We got them. Um, so the the pictures, and I don't mean the artwork, which is also good. It's usual standard stuff. GW pictures are always really good. Yeah. Like they have modeling photography. I would say they're the best. I don't know of any other company or group that does this. And my God, do I see a lot of miniature photography for sales sheets and stuff in my job? Mm -hmm. GW stuff just looks incredible all the time. The KO stuff is like an extra step, though. They like, did some really neat backgrounds. Yeah. Like, they were like, oh, yeah, well, we need to do, like, extra stuff for this. And it's like, did you? I mean, I'm glad you did, but weird. Yeah, it's like when they did the Ossiarch book, and they built all that custom scenery. And I'm like, you went above and beyond, and I love it. And they snuck some of that scenery in here, too. Like, yeah, good job, yeah. guys. Keep reusing that. It's really cool, and also probably took a long time. But um, there's some really, like, the lighting on, like, page 46 just looking at the lighting of that shot is really nice. Those orange clouds kind of peeling away. Uh, I don't know how much of that is Photoshop versus real. And I've been definitely staring at the pixels. And uh, on a couple of them, I actually, I think I can tell by the pixels that they were Photoshopped as per the internet meme. And mm -hmm. years of doing Photoshop. <laughs> but like a couple, but a lot of it looks like they actually just got a really good shot done with a smoke machine, which bravo. I'm still yeah, trying well, to figure out well how to do done, that. Well done, man. I really like... And you uh, built a whole miniature... Uh, they built a whole miniature freaking library. They, oh, yeah. So, yeah. Okay, we're going to jump around. The library page with the with the nerd guy in there reading the book. I like how active everyone is in this library. I like to imagine that they are actually just doing research, but they do research by, like, waving their guns around and throwing swords. But they built a little cute library. Yeah. GW, where is my little cute library set? For, for like, a little terrain piece or something. That'd be neat. Yeah, it could be kind of cool. Um, and then you got Drecky Flint there and, like, that cool shot with the night haunt and stuff. And then, what is that? That bridge? Uh, that's neat. That uh -huh. glowing bridge at the bottom with uh -huh. the coals or whatever it is coming up underneath it. That's one of the ones where if you look at the Plague Bearers, uh, they look a little too pronounced from the smoke. And I was like, mm, I feel like you cleaned up a couple of those because they maybe didn't quite come out right. Yeah. But still looks good. But neat. And that spread shot where they're on, I guess, the deck. Oh, it's the dockyards of Barak Zilfin. That's a really Sweet. cool thing. Yeah, Rad, like, dude. I, I realized that if you zoomed this camera out 20%, you would see like a table and a bunch of pieces of stuff <laughs> like they're definitely not showing you this but i would honestly g-dubs if you're listening which i assume you never are 
your photography people used to do little things in White Dwarf. I haven't picked up a White Dwarf in a couple months, so maybe they still do. But it was really cool to see like a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff like that. Mm. I may be the only person out there asking for Is this. Is it the making of the book? If you make a book on how you do this, and just it's full of model photography and also tips and ideas and stuff, I will buy it. Yeah. 100% buy it, because that's it's almost like a neat industry thing to learn how to do all that. I will also buy the tiny little library, because <laughs> I think that's just <laughs> adorable, and I like it a bunch. Anyway... That's the paint, the the picture stuff, and the painting guide. Comedy's back in the painting guides. It is. They took it out. Gargan's had the hilarious thing where it's like, try to ignore the fact that you're painting a corpse on a stick, and uh, and they had things like, here's how to make a cow on a flail, so your guy can just swing a cow into people. And then the next Gargan book took all the comedy out of it. It was just how to paint. The comedy's back in this, and I was really happy for it. They they uh like layer with a few thin coats of screaming skull whilst loudly proclaiming your unavenged grudges. Cool. I like that. So, you know, good they job. They tell you how to do it, man. Yeah, good job getting a little bit of the, the fun back into the painting guides. And for showing how to do all of the sky ports from a base coat and including, I mean, obviously going to tell you which base coat of theirs to use, but like including, you know, if you should start with a white or black. Because for like Thring, since you're going to be doing off-white for most of the armor, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. start with a white. Start with a white. Like bit. things that probably, if you've been doing this hobby for a long time, you, you just know. Yeah, or you just don't even think about. Yeah. But for people that are getting like brand new into it, super helpful. This is nice to have in the book. Yeah. Uh, I know that I've heard where people are like, take that crap out of there. It doesn't belong in the book. I still think this needs to be in the battle tomes. Yeah. Because it, it gives people who don't want to have to get online and watch videos and pause and watch, you know, and back them up a whole bunch. It gives them access to that. And I always look through it and go, oh, those are some cool ideas. Like, I definitely changed one of your ships looking through here and was like, oh, that's neat. That's neat how they did that porthole. I'm going to go back and redo those now that I have a better guide for it than I had before. Hmm. Very good. So good job. Now, well, how fun. about the rules? Who, buddy? Oh, they're garbage. All right, well, thanks for listening to the show. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, the rules are actually really good. Um, there are a lot of changes. Uh, like, yeah. so, well, there's a core so change. many changes. The biggest core change is you can't just do drugs and shoot people anymore. It's true. That, like, so the other gold thing is gone. I guess Lumineth were a little too close mechanically <laughs> to that, and they were like, well, we can't have two armies doing crack on the table. Well, you know, and it's super helpful, too, because it just means that you don't have, like... They took away a thing that you don't have to keep track of anymore. Yes. Which is super helpful. And then, and because, like, where where the book originally was, er, for book book two in this, because this is book three. Yeah. Um, the command ability, like, the command abilities weren't as prevalent for, like, oh, my God, I have to do all of these, like, command, like, I have to keep track of all these command points, and I have to keep track of all these other gold points, mm-hmm. and there are too many things, yeah. right? Now we have less things. This is good. So, Aethergold, gone. It's out. The other big thing is that your Skyports now are just one rule. Yeah. So, Skyports are one rule, and then you get to pick your code. Um, and what, like, the three elements of your code are going to be for your battle or your tournament or whatever that you're going to wind mm-hmm. up doing. Um, and so, we can go through all of them because they're all super good. And then you have, like, your generalized stuff that is, these are the things you can do. Um, and this is how <laughs> there's a lot of rules about embarking and doing a whole ass page yeah. about how to get your guys in and out of a bathtub that flies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like and you they can clearly s- want you to not fuck around with this anymore. Stop trying to cheese this. Right. Here's how it works. But then immediately we'll, uh, but then immediately you can start breaking it as a loophole. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm absolutely sure. So the first thing you're going to do is you pick one of your sky ports, right? Yeah. Um, but we'll actually do this in order because we don't need to do the sky ports first. Like we did. <laughs> previous room. Unlike the Gitz book where it's yeah. like it's a spider web it, except yeah. with no spiders on it. It's like, oh no, we can actually like go through this like kind of in order. So yeah. sky fleets. Um so you pick so you pick your skyport. Skyport gives you an ability. 
yes. of some variety, right? And then you have your sky fleets. And the sky fleets, the way this works is that you have tra- like your ships are transport vehicles. You can put so many models into them, and those models can fly around yeah. with the ships, and they can do all the different things. It's it's, it's not garrison anymore because they don't call it that anymore. Well, thank God. Yeah. Because that was so confusing, and right. now garrison is a different thing entirely, and uh, good, yes. yes. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with you having your own little special keyword, transport vessels, vessels. That, and only KO can work like this, and, and like you can, you know, it, it makes more sense to have it be its own mechanic than to try to shoehorn in garrisoning abilities. Yeah, some other, yeah. Yeah, some other rule into this. Yeah. So the way this works is that you have embarking, so you have a, so you have a sky vessel, yeah. and there's three of them, right? So you, have your big, you have your big one, uh, the ironclad, and then the middle one, which is a frigate, and then the smallest one, uh, which is the gunstock, the gun hauler. Yeah, right. Which doesn't, I believe, they don't get to haul people. They don't get to haul. Yeah, they don't get, they don't if you get look at the model, people. it's a guy in a seat and a guy behind him. Yeah, and that's it. Because um, I don't. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, so embarking, you have like so many models that you can basically put into there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the biggest one is the, so the ironclad has. Uh, you're gonna check me on these. I, I was pulling them up so yeah. I can tell you. So the ironclad is 24 models. 22. 22. You're so close. So close. <laughs> um, and I believe the frigate is 16. 12. 12. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm gonna remember this eventually. Uh, but you can embark. So how many is the gun hauler? None. You got it right. There yeah. You go. I want to give you a win there. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, buddy. Um, so embarking rules. All right. Uh, I'm just going to quickly read through this. So, yeah. uh, during deployment, instead of setting up a Skyfarer unit on the battlefield, you can say that it is embarked in a friendly transport vessel. Those are the vessels that we just talked about. That is already on the battlefield. That is already so on the battlefield. You have to put the ship down first. Yeah. So, yeah. The ba- so, ship goes down, then you can put your dudes You can put your dudes in it. So, in addition, in the movement phase, if a friendly Skyfarer unit finishes, they move wholly within three inches of a friendly transport vessel, and both of those units are more than three inches from all enemy units. You can say that this transport vessel will embark the Skyfarer unit. If you do so, remove the Skyfarer vessel unit from the or the Skyfarer unit, sorry, uh, unit from the battlefield and place it to one side. So they can get back in the they boat. They can get in the boat as long as they're not in combat. Right. They can get in the boat. Um, the things that you can do. So if when a unit is embarked in a Sky vessel, mm-hmm. the Sky vessel moves around and that unit moves around with the Sky vessel. Yes. The movement of the Sky vessel also then counts as the movement. For the model that is inside of the sky vessel, I, I have a trick for this later on <laughs> that I think doesn't work probably, yeah. but because the movie the model is technically considered to have moved and charged, mm-hmm. you can put stuff on them that lets them do damage, like the tusk helm or whatever it is. Yeah, put it on a hero. If I'm understanding this correctly, he drives in and then headbutts somebody out of the side of the ship. <laughs> I guess I. Or he's yeah. just strapped to the front of the ship, just like, oh, yeah, like Mad might, Max might style. Be. So, because, so, Tell us at home if that works. Yeah. I don't know if that's too wiggity <laughs> or not, but it, it, I read it and I was like, well, I guess. Yeah, I yeah. guess technically you can. For like impact charges and stuff, they yeah. considered the charge. Well, yeah, because so because there's a couple rules on this, right? So embarked units in a sky vessel, um, the range and visibility is counted as being part of the sky vessel for the models that are within it. Yeah. In addition to that... Um, they, uh, any models that are inside of the sky vessel, if you're trying to hit them, uh, you subtract one from your hit rolls mm-hmm. and, um, and they're, and they're, and they're treated as being covered so they get plus one to their save. Yeah. So they're minus one to hit, they're plus one to their save. Didn't it used to be that they were just minus one to hit? They, 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 there so, was some my, my long strikes were taking them out of those ships pretty easy. So there was something that was making. Yeah. So, cause it was the, so it was garrison rules, which was the minus one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, this is better now because. 
see, it's minus one and plus and plus and then this and then the cover rules, right? Because I would imagine a KO uh, mirror match before this was everyone shoot all your heroes out of each other's ships and then just fly around being a bunch of doofuses that can't do anything. Pretty much, yeah. Um, and then, but models inside of the ships do not count as contesting objectives. So this is the trick with them. Yeah, is that if there's a if there's a drawback on KO is that they have a hard time contesting objectives because a lot of times you want to have your dudes in a ship and they can't be in a ship. Right, you have to drop some guys on the ground, and as we'll get to it, the ground guys are better now. They are. They're more survivable, but they're, they're not, they not don't want great. to fight a lot of stuff. Yeah, they're uh, not, they're for not too long. melee fighters for the most part. Even the melee fighter ones are like, mm. yeah, they're okay, but you can yeah. tell this army doesn't want to do that. Yeah, and so, and then embarked models cannot make a move, right? Because they can't move, they're making the move with the ship. <laughs> That's, I mean, how would, <laughs> if you want to break that rule, explain to me how that even, yeah. how would you do that? I don't know. Anyway, he walks around the ship. <laughs> Um, but the other part of it is, that, so, like, when the ship moves, they don't get to then, like, disembark and then move immediately. Mm -hmm. So you don't, can't, like, it, their move is counted as moving with the ship. So you can't just, like, boom, boom, and then move, and then move everybody out that's in the ship out of the ship all of a sudden with another move. So I, I have a question, though, yeah. as I'm understanding this. Um, so they can't move. Um, when it finishes any type of move, all units embarked in it are considered have made the same type of move. Correct. So does that mean if you retreat your ship, you can't shoot with the guys inside? Because they technically retreated. They technically retreated. That that feels weird. Yes, this makes more sense <laughs> when we get to like some of the command abilities. Yeah, because I was like, I, I realized that a lot of what were these restrictions that we're saying. There are lots of ways to change them. It's almost like this book is kind of like, eh, here's the rules and here's ways to interpret yeah, then, them your own you, way. Then you move the rules around, right? Yeah. So then you also after, so then you can also disembark. So, oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> you can, so, that, so it's not like you're stuck <laughs> once, once they're inside. It's like, nope, they can't get out of there anymore. Um, but in your movement phase, a friendly sky uh, Skyfarer unit is embarked on a transport vessel that is not yet moved in that phase. You can say that the Skyfarer unit will disembark. If you do so, you set up that Skyfarer wholly within three inches of that transport vessel and more than three inches from all enemy units. Uh, a unit that disembarks in this way can still move in the same turn. So, they can disembark and then move, but you mm -hmm. can't, like, move the Sky Vessel, disembark, and then move. But you can move the Sky Vessel and then put them in the Sky Vessel after the Sky Correct. Vessel moves. After the Sky Vessel moves. Yeah. That's... I, KO players kind of have to figure this out a lot and then probably explain to their opponent because that does feel like, well, why is there two different rules for how that works? Yeah. Like, why? Uh, I don't know. It, so, yeah, and, and, the re and the reason being is it because, really, it's a, it's a mechanics thing. Yeah. Um, because if you don't word it in this particular, like, weird way of wording it, it, everybody goes, oh, well, I can do this. Because it's rules is written, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, no, no. The way this is actually intended is that, like, you can, the ship can fly to a dude, and they can pick up the dudes in the same turn. But you can't pick up, you can have all those dudes in your ship and fly to a place, and then drop all those dudes, and uh, then let them move. Because... You, that's a they, lot of movement. That's a lot of movement. Yeah. So it is, it works in sort of like a reverse order as I punch the microphone yeah. as well. <laughs> um, and then. Um, and the best rule about the when the transport vessel gets destroyed. Yes. Uh, you have to roll a dice for every model that is within the transport vessel. Yeah. And on a one, the model is slain. Yes. That's, uh, I mean, it's a one in six chance. And I think, is that the same rule it had before? Yes. Okay, so good. I'm, I'm glad that it has a way to, like, we talked about, um, when it, like, the was it the Gits? When it's like, if you killed the Gits originally, the Fanatics didn't come out. But now they come out even if you kill the unit beforehand. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad that that's still in there. Yeah, still that, in like, there. you don't lose the guys. And also, the one, that's not a terrible penalty. I mean, it sucks when you do that and it's like you're, you know, captain or something yeah. that blew up. But 
Um, and the other thing is that when they, when the ship blows up and then you have to like disembark all of your units, they have to be set up more than three inches from enemy models. Yeah. So, uh, and if you can't do that, then those models are just slain. So anti-KO tech is to essentially surround Surround the ship and then they can only really die. Correct. Basically. If If you take down the ship. Right. Yeah. So that is their specialty rules, right? Right. That is, that is their thing. Now. We go to the code. So on the code, you get to pick three things. You get an article, an amendment, and a footnote. Yes. And these are cool little bonuses. It's odd that you don't get to actually do this in the app. This is, I have a gripe here. This you don't, A grudge, if, maybe? Yeah, a grudge. <laughs> ah, well, well played. Um, the That's app, it for the show, everybody. <laughs> yeah, the app, the app doesn't let you build your code. That's interesting. It's probably a bug. I, I gotta imagine that that's a thing that will get added to the app, but it's very strange that it's not there. Like yeah. you don't, because you get to pick your skyport and you get to pick like all the other things, but you don't get to pick your code in the app. And it sa- literally says like stick to you know pick your code and write it down a sheet of paper. Well, it'd be nice if I could do it in the app. Anyway, yeah. So well, you know, I have been trying to build 40k lists in the app, and there's it's uh, also not great. <laughs> in, in the uh, ad mech thing, it's like here's how to you click the thing that's like make a custom planet, and then it just gives you a blank screen. So I can't progress any farther on that app until they fix that, or I Oof. just have to pick a planet that I don't want to use. So yeah, that's probably a, a bug thing. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll get fixed here. Uh, so the articles, and so the articles and amendments, footnotes, the three of each of these, right? Yeah. So. Uh, do we just want to go back and forth? Boy, the names on these. Woo! You got to feel a little silly sometimes saying these All the time. to your opponent. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's go back and forth. And I picked my favorite of the three. Oh, as did well, you? Oh, excellent. Uh, with my vague, bare misunderstanding of how this army works. Yeah, perfect. Uh, so the first article is Honor is Everything. Uh, when a friendly carriage and overlords unit receives the rally command, you can return one slain model to the unit for each four up instead of a six. All right. The Neat. next one. Neat. Um, yeah, that's. That's the one where I was like, I guess. I, if you bring in hordes of guys, but I don't know that that's a thing that KO does. But you are probably going to be able to get out of combat easier to trigger rally. You're not stuck on the ground. And there's, so, a, there's, a, there's a really interesting and nasty trick in this. Oh, good. I'm excited to hear <laughs> that then. So the second one is Master of the Skies. Uh, you add two inches to the move characteristic of friendly sky vessels. Boom. Done. If you brought a lot of boats, you probably do this. Easy. Yeah. The last one of the articles is Settle the Grudges. After deployment, but before the first battle round, pick one enemy unit and add one to wound rolls for attacks made by friendly carriage and overlords unit that target that unit. So, nice little boost that you say, that is the most important thing on the table. We must kill it. That was the one I picked as my favorite. Because if you, uh, if you look at your opponent's army and they have that centerpiece or that really key hinge model... Yep. That's a good way to kill it. And that is probably the one that I would see a lot of people picking if you're pl- if you're playing carriage overlords, especially for tournament play. Yeah, because you're not like it's going to be one of the. It, I mean, all of them are good, but settle the grudges is, is like a plus one to, plus one to wound is just is really nice to have. Yeah, because and, and it's for all of your units. It it is going to be the uh, scene where they're just firing on Luke. And, except Luke won't walk away from this one. It's right. just, you're just going to murder one thing. That thing is going to, he's going to die. And if your opponent, if you go up and your opponent's got a Nagash or an Archeon or something, that's half their army. Just um, pumping, pumping shots. Uh, boy, I do not want you to put that on my uh, War Stomper, because he's the only Mega Gargan in that list, and everything hinges on him. That's a just, terrible thing. Just unload guns. <laughs> All right, well, I will need to see your KO list for the channel before we play. <laughs> so, Fair enough. Uh, the amendments. Would you like to take the first ones out? Sure. Always take what you are owed. At the start of your hero phase, pick one friendly Arcanaut company unit. Until the start of your next hero phase, each model in that unit counts as two models instead of one for purposes of contesting objectives. That's very good because you don't have a lot of guys usually. Correct. And they sort of fall over and die a lot. Yeah. So this helps you get more people on the objective and maybe 
get a point, you know, that you weren't going to be able to snag before. Right. And, and if you're bringing Arcanaut Company, you're probably going to bring them in either packs 10 or packs 20. Mm-hmm. So. It helps. It helps a lot. It's yeah. certainly helpful. And they're cheap because they're only 100 points each. Oh, wow. That's pretty cheap. They're, they're yeah. dirt cheap <laughs> for, ba- for, your battle, for your base battle. Yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah. I should have um, read more of this book before we start the show. <laughs> so, prosecute wars with all haste. Once per turn in your movement phase, when you make a run roll for a Cajun Overlord's unit, you can roll 2d6 instead of a single die. I mean, I guess. It's all right. I guess. But I'm assuming there's lots of run and shoot abilities that you can trigger in this army, I hope. Because there's otherwise, f- that does feel a little weird. Yeah, there's a fair there's a fair number of them. To be like, hey, turn off the one thing your boat really does well for an extra, I don't know, two-inch move. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> an extra, extra three, maybe, on average. Uh, but you know what you can always trust? It's you, your guns. You can trust to your guns. Once per turn in your shooting phase, you can reroll one hit roll of one for an attack made by a friendly Carriage and Overlord's unit. Hey, your giant cannon on your ironclad missed. Here's another chance. Yep. Like, I, I like that because if you brought big boats with big cannons, I've seen I've seen the light go out of your eyes when you go down your ironclad and just half that shit doesn't even get to the wound phase. Yeah. So, like, that's it's a little more help to make that big good. Big sads when you have one big shot. Especially now that that sucker's 500 points. I mean, it, it does a lot, but I can still see the bad feels when it just misses its two big shots. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. And then we move to that's the That's the one I liked, by yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was that one. <laughs> for the one, for the, for the extra chance at maybe hitting the thing. Yeah. yeah. And then we go to the footnotes. Uh, so there's no reward without risk. Once per battle in your charge phase, you can attempt a charge with one friendly carriage and overlords unit within 18 inches of an enemy. And if you do so, roll 3d6 for the charge. Roll instead of 2d6. That's a nice one to have because there's a really good unit that does a very nice charge. <laughs> yes. Uh, is it the frigate? It is the frigate. Yeah, it's the frigate. My frigate's my favorite uh, unit in this whole book. Yeah, that's fair. Just learning the way that they made it different from the ironclad. Yes. Like, I like it's not just baby ironclad anymore. Right. The frigate it has is, its a own new, is a new model. Yeah, I'm cool with that. That was my favorite. Yeah. Was that one. <laughs> um, so there, then, unfortunately, though, there's no trading with some people. Once per battle, at the end of the enemy shooting phase, pick one friendly Skyfarer's unit that was targeted by any shooting attacks in that phase. That unit can immediately shoot. This is either going to be awesome or not going to matter. If the yeah, if the if they have a shooting, and it's nice, they shoot your Skyfarers, right? Like if they're making they're shooting those because it's not the ships, right? The Correct. ships don't have the Skyfarers thing. So if you're shooting the ships, it doesn't matter. But if they're peeling off your Arcanaut that you're trying to keep on an objective or something, um. And, or your Sky Wardens. Or your Sky Wardens. And you haven't lost a lot of them being able to shoot back. And it does, it just says that unit can immediately shoot. doesn't say you have to target that same unit. Yeah. So this might be a tricky way to be like, oh, you shot me. Uh, sucks for you. And you just turn sideways <laughs> and shoot like a wizard out of the plate or something. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, it's the old, uh, uh, send, send, uh, send an ambulance, but not for me. <laughs> what this is, to a throwback of our 90s X-Men thing, is this is Bishop. You shoot him and then he shoots you shoot back. back. Yeah. And then the final one on the footnotes is, without our ships, we are not. Once per battle, at the start of any phase, pick one friendly sky vessel, and that unit can receive up to two commands in that phase instead of only one. This is super important. This is the one that you are going to wind up picking for a particular um, for a particular build mm-hmm. of the of the carriage and overlords. Do they have like own, their own commands and stuff they can do or something? They do have their own command abilities. Oh, and. One of them is kind of important in order to do like a really cool uh, drop step move, yes. <laughs> like where you just drop kick, where you just drop kick a bunch of guys into a battle. Yeah. So, the Iron Sky command abilities. There are three of them. This is what this is where your fly highs and disengages and stuff went. They yeah. are not 
inherent in the army anymore. They have now moved into command abilities. Which I like, because it... And they, I'm, were super, I'm this, they were super frustrating before. And it was always... Uh, you and I playing against each other, I knew what it was, so I didn't have to ask you to explain it. But I know any time in a tournament, if you're playing someone who doesn't fight against KO, you had to spend most of the time explaining how your army works, because you don't want to be you know, seen as cheating, but your army does a bunch of weird stuff. Right. So you gotta like explain it all, and it takes all the time of doing that. Yeah, well, because and a lot of it was because your movement phase was, oh, I'm gonna pick up my entire army, and then I'm gonna move into a different side of the board. You don't get to do that anymore, yeah. at least not all the time. So the way this works, um, I'm actually, you know, can you read these in reverse order for me? Because I want to get to the, I want to get to the first one last. That is my favorite one. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I should also say this is where my sleep deprivation kicked in last night, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna pick my favorite one of these, and then I really can just do any of them. You know, yeah. Whenever you want to, basically, um, and, and admirals can issue it, and also the ships can issue it to themselves. Yes, the ships which can, is nice. The ships got better because they can issue commands to themselves. We talked about, and it never made sense that the ships can't, and ironclad can't command itself because they're we're dudes. Like, I see nine the, guys on that model. Yeah. One of them surely can go. Hey, shoot that guy a little better. Yeah. Like, uh, all right. So this is disengage. Uh, you use this command ability in your movement phase. The unit that receives the command must be a friendly sky vessel that's not yet moved. This unit and any units embarked in it can retreat and still shoot. Boom. There's the thing I was talking about yep. where it's like, it felt a little weird, but now I see the point to it. Yeah. That's pretty do, solid. Do the, do the disengage, ship moves, all the guys in there, everybody gets to shoot. Yeah. Boom, if, boom, 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 boom. If you're, um, if you've got something locked in that you do not want to win in combat, this is a nice way to pull it out and also still keep that unit shooting. If someone has tagged your ironclad with a single nurgling or something frustrating like that, you don't want to have to retreat and lose all those shots. Yeah. Spend a command, spend a command uh, point because the ironclad can just issue it to himself. Yeah. They get to move and then unload a big old volley of shots at whatever you want to. I do like that because the tech to keep beat to defeat KO for the last two books was, I don't know, just touch them. Just yeah. touch one of the ships <laughs> with, like, a unit you don't care about, and then they have to pile all their crap into that unit mm -hmm. in the shooting phase because they're touching it. So I like this having a little escape thing. Yeah. The next one is fly high. So remember, remember all, this all these from... bus stops are telling me that's the same as driving drunk, so I don't know that I'm supposed to fly high anymore. Mm, but I am going to Reno in a couple of months. So. <laughs> hey. All right. So fly high. You can use this command ability at the end of your movement phase. That unit that receives the command must be a friendly uh, sky vessel more than three inches from all enemy units. Remove that unit from the battlefield and set it up anywhere on the battlefield more than nine inches from all enemy units and more than one inch from all terrain features. So this is the same as the old fly high ability. Super cool. And you uh, don't have to do complex math of being like, well, it's taking three wounds and it's carrying four Endrin riggers, so that reduces the weight capacity by five, which means it can only... It, when they started adding on, like, the fly high, like, the wounds and stuff. Yeah, where it was like, oh, so it started to oh, go away. And there's a three... But he's next to another enemy model that can fly, and within yeah. three inches, then you can't do it. It's simple now. Simple fly. Simple pick up, It's a teleport. Yep. I like that. It's a command point teleport, too, which you can't turn off unless you've got a way to do that, which sometimes this army does, too. It's true. Yeah. We'll get to that in That's a, a surprising <laughs> one to me. <laughs> And then the final one. This is this is why this uh, that with uh, this the, is the one I texted you about. Yeah, when I found the combo and I was like, oh, I like this. Yeah, this is super neat. Yeah, you go ahead and read that for me. Sure. Point. This is called a combat landing. Um, you use this command ability at the end of your movement phase. The unit that receives the command must be a friendly transport vessel. Any units embarked in that transport vessel can immediately disembark. A unit that disembarks this way cannot move in the same turn. Okay, but we talked about how like you couldn't really do this. Now you can. Um, should, should we? Or you want to start pointing out what this doesn't tell you? You have to do. Yeah. Um, so the the fun thing about this is that all your units can can pop out of your out of your sky vessel, right? Yeah. They don't have to be nine inches away. No. 
No, they they, they only pi- they move closer. They only technically have to be three inches from an enemy unit as per the disembark rules. Bingo. So the so the reason that this without our ships we are not once per battle at the start of your any phase you can pick one to sky vessel and that unit can receive up to two commands in the phase instead of one is because you can do this really neat trick where you go hey let's fly high and you pick a big old ship and you move it nine inches outside of something mm-hmm. and then you immediately go combat landing and so all of your units that are piled in that ship then just Let's see. And so they're within, wholly within three of the vessel. So if you've got a nine-inch charge set up by the vessel, you're now reducing that to a six mm-hmm. because you've assumedly put these guys right at the edge of that three inches. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I like it's that. It's really neat. It's almost a guaranteed charge because you could get a reroll from a command point and stuff like that. Six is relatively easy to hit. Pretty, and, pretty easy. So and it's if a, only there was a unit that really benefits charging and striking oh, first yeah, and that baby. kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, 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 co- the combo of this is to take your frigate and take your Sky Wardens, mm-hmm. put them in the frigate, and let that frigate go down, and do this thing, and look, the, and then the frigate's going to, because the frigate will get to charge, and they will get, because they have a nice little ability that we'll get to with their charges, yeah. and the Sky Wardens are freaking awesome on their charge as well. And you're just going to hit, it's it's a it's a really interesting kind of like strike um, at the enemy, at like just trying to break a weak point. Yeah, when we were talking about the logistics of that was like you could use the frigate because you don't you don't actually have to the combo works without the fly high as well. If sure. you just happen if you're to just have to be in in range. Yeah, yeah, the frigate's like 6 inches away, you're like, "All right, well, I can uh basically just, you know, move it a little bit and, and do this. I don't have to to worry about like setting up the combo, but we're like we talked about you essentially just you know, slam the the brake on the frigate, <laughs> drift it into a bunch of enemies, throw a bunch of dwarves out of the top. They first strike, and at the end of the combat phase, they jet the hell, out, get of the there. hell out of there. And your opponent maybe gets to fight the frigate because if you angle it correctly, they can't really pile in because the in, the guys have what a two inch range. They're on relative they're on thirty twos, I think. Yeah, so you can angle it to where like a six pack can easily hit in, and your opponent can't hit everybody back. And if they try to chase you, there's a frigate in the way. Yeah, which is a pretty decent tank to be in the way. And if they do enough damage that you don't like it, the next turn you just fly it away yeah. again. You just you just disengage and it. And then you go pick up his boys, <laughs> and then you just, and you then go just at it again. Dude, and you just do the whole thing <laughs> again. Just, you just keep that. doing it. How many, you know what, we're going to have to theory craft the list with just frigates and these guys. Frigates like, and how many times can we just do this? Yeah. Line them up, and then that ship goes out, and then the next ship follows, and yeah. Yeah. Just like a weird conga line. So, uh, move over to the enhancements. Yes. So, command traits. Ready for these. Lords of the Sky Fleets. Go, uh, I'll take the first one if you'd like. Sure, take it. All right. So the Grudge Bearer. Um, after deployment, but before the start of the first battle round, pick one enemy hero. Double the damage inflicted by each successful attack made with this general's weapons that target that hero. Hmm. So if I picked a real big centerpiece hero and I'm already getting a plus one to wound. Now you're getting plus one. Da- you're getting uh, double damage. Double damage. That's pretty That's nice. gross. I mean, we'll say this. Your hero choices are basically the, the guy in the Endrigger suit right here, Barack. And then, like, a lot of people that probably aren't going to be doing great at well, damage. Brock can't take it anyway. Cause, oh, that's right. Because he's, he's unique. unique. So your option is the one guy here that's going to work the best for it, probably. Sc- Scath- uh, you know, the, well, the Arknad Admiral. Is he the one with a ridiculously high-powered hammer yeah. or whatever? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Scath- that guy, too. Scath Hammer himself. <laughs> yeah, that guy, too. I, that's the only one on that is I think that that's, um, yeah, three attacks. So you could possibly go, ah, boof, I just but what's, what's his, his damage is what, three? Oh, it's three, yeah. 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 So all of a sudden, his uh, his things uh, become six. Oh, it's a solid <laughs> hit. 
it's a solid hit that they would not expect out of a, a guy that fell out of a ship and yeah. just punched guy in the space and then got back in the ship or stayed in the ship or just stayed because he ship. can just because he can swing out of the ship. Just stay. <laughs> he doesn't. Ha- he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to get out of the ship. No, that's true. Because he when he swings, visually, I don't quite know how this yeah. works. He's just le- he's just leading over the side, just bonking dudes. <laughs> the, the true tradition of drive the tank closer so I can stab them with my sword. <laughs> exactly. I love it. Uh, but you got a cunning fleet master as mm, well. Mm-hmm. This one, at the end of the enemy movement phase, you can pick one friendly sky vessel within 12 of this general and more than 12 from enemy units. This sky vessel can make a normal move. That's pretty cool. If anything, the only reason that that doesn't seem really cool to me is because the double damage is just a neat thing. Yeah. I think the other ones, it's... There's some, there some better ones. They're better ones, but that's still good. Yeah. Uh, a scholar and an Arcanaut, you can pick one additional footnote for your army. You cannot pick a footnote for your, ar- for your ar- uh, army already has. Yes. So you can have two of the three footnotes. You can't have two left feet. Indeed. Yeah. But that's, yeah, two of the three footnotes. Well, they're all good, so you're just giving more just stuff. another yeah. one. Um, and then old Skydog. Uh, you can pick an additional great Indrin work for your army. Solid. I haven't... If you have two boats, you get another... Friggin' you get a work. thing. You get a, you get a thing on your boat, and the things for the boats are really good. Yes. <clears throat> and you probably bring in boats in this army. Probably. Like, we'll, we'll talk about it more, but I don't think there... We. I asked you the question, is there a way to just make this army in ground troops only? And the answer is, why? <laughs> because that's kind of just defeating the purpose of playing this army. It's true. Um, so, and... I don't... I love when the rules give you multiple options to play armies. I think this one is one of the ones where it's like... Yeah, there's maybe two or three ways to play this, and it's mostly going to be about boats and shooting. There's little variations you can do, but you get into this army, you know what you're about. Mm-hmm. You want to fly boats and shoot stuff. What's next? We got old Scott. Oh, there it is. Do you want me to read it? Yes, X Grunstock. Friendly Grunstock units have the battle line uh, battlefield role. In addition, once per uh, once per turn, this general can issue a command to a friendly Grunstock unit without a command point being used. So, there's two different oh, kinds of Grunstock. Does units. this do what I think it does? Does it make a stupid list possible? It does make a stupid yeah! list possible. <laughs> I'm always excited when they include a stupid list. Give me more Charybdis. Wait, yeah. I've lost the page. I got so excited I flipped right over it. It looks bigger in the picture. Yeah. They, the scaling of the picture of the gun haul, it's like, it's yeah. not that big. So, there, so that would include your Grunstock gun haulers and your Grunstock thunders. Oh, I don't care about the guys. Yeah. I just want an army of all little doofy boats. <laughs> I just want bathtubs with guns. Have a lot. You can have all boats. Yeah, I'm all not going to a single objective. <laughs> But that one actually, that, that one's actually super useful if you want to get, get, so I really like the inclusion of this one because it gives you more battle line options for not taking a particular skyport. So you can be like in a skyport that doesn't give you the battle line uh, keywords for certain models, mm. but still have those models be battle line. Yes. It's very, it's very nifty. I like, the, very, I like very a lot of these trick. rules are like, you could do this and this thing you didn't know you could do, you can also do this. Because that just feels like this book was written by the character and overlords. Yeah. Like, it, <laughs> They're like, you, oh, by the way, this is an army where I... I we like, got a rule for that. Yeah. <laughs> this is an army where I don't like my... I, I don't mind my opponent going, um, actually, because that's kind of the theme <laughs> of the army. It's more fun that way. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one, Zach. Uh, the Stormcaller. Uh, while this general is on the battlefield, you can reroll any of the dice rolled with a friendly Aetheric Navigator Reads the Winds, which I'm assuming is on his war scroll. It is indeed. And the Aetheric Navigator uh, Read the Winds thing is much different from how it previously was. Oh my uh, god! Which we'll yeah. get to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, I remember it's not. Nope, too complex. Nope. We'll get back to that one. Yeah, we'll get back to that. Yeah. So then we have artifacts of power. Uh, did you want to read all these, or did you just want to pick out your favorites? Um, what are you thinking? I think we can go by these really fast. Yeah, they're pretty. Yeah, I looked. I just glanced at them. Like I remember, they're not complex. Yeah, they're super. Um, they're super. The easy. most important thing to talk about is spell in the bottle being a little different now. Yes. Um, um, so there's uh, first one. So the Arcanet Admiral only. Uh, the bear has a five up ward. That's for the Master Raw armor. Solid. Nice. Easy. 
Um, you got a Celestium Burst Grenade. Once per battle at the start of your shooting phase, you can pick an enemy unit within 12 of the bear and roll a dice. On a two-up, ward rolls cannot be made for models in that unit in that phase. Goodbye, Death Armies. Like, that's that's nice. It is. I will say, uh, as that is was in a previous book, and I have uh, may have brought that for a tournament once, it feels real bad when you roll that one. Yeah. Man. Yeah. What are you, trying to play Cruel Boys here? Just losing your entire racial ability because you rolled a one before the game starts? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Blazebeard... And Sun's Drac Hubbler Mag Bolas. <laughs> what the fuck is this sentence even about? What am I looking at? Oh, it's, it's a, Bolas. It's just Bolas. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a. Okay. <laughs> it is a legally distinct and copyrighted Bolas. Thank you. Do you remember in Return of the Jedi when the Ewok hits himself in the face with the Bolas? Correct. Stormtroopers sucked, man. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> they were terrible. Um, but at the start of your shooting phase, you can pick one enemy monster within 12 inches of the bearer and roll a dice. On two-up, that unit is grappled until the uh, until your opponent's next turn. Or at the end of your opponent's next turn. While an enemy unit is grappled, roll one fewer dice when making a charge roll for that unit to a minimum of one dice. You know what I just realized? This is a better spider mechanic <laughs> than the fucking giant spider, the only giant spider in the game. They keep having better web mechanics <laughs> everywhere but that heroic action. I, I got more riled up about that last night for some because I, I was like I was going back through notes and stuff like that and I remember that and I was like, I'm so mad that that's such a bad heroic action. Yeah. And then I realized the funniest thing. If you listen to the last show, we were joking about that stupid roll a dice and beat their wounds characteristic uh-huh. and how hard it is because most heroes have a five or a six wounds and yeah, it's fine. The spider shaman has four wounds. The best target for the spider heroic action <laughs> is the spider shaman. It's the spider shaman himself. I hate it. This is a this is a, <laughs> it's a much cool better. ability. It's a really, really cool ability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that is good because you know a lot of heroes on big monsters turning turning that off, kind of just going, "Oh, you guys, stay over there and get shot for one more turn. Don't get up in my face yet." Mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. Spell in the bottle. Yeah, big the change old on this. Favorite the old favorite that's not quite as good. No. if you like shoving a comet in there. Yeah, it's it's sad. Yeah. I, I don't like new spell on the bottle. Eh, the comic kind of sucks now, anyway. That's so. true. <laughs> That's not um, as good as it was used yeah, to be. Yeah, but it's for, only for the Aether Chemist. Uh, you pick one endless spell that does not belong to a faction. Yeah. Lay sad. You can include that endless spell in your army without spending any points to do so. That's nice. Very good. Um, in addition, once per battle in your hero phase, the bearer could automatically cast the spell that summons the endless spell, do not make a casting roll, and it cannot be unbound. How, that last sentence, yeah. I love this. However, the bearer cannot control that in the spell. I like so, that from a, a lore perspective and a mechanical perspective. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> just here's the spell, yeet, and then it's like, I don't know what the fuck it's going to do now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, listen, I put these jaws into this Pokeball, and I'm going to whip it into that pile of Skaven, and we're just going to see what happens. Yeah. And, oh, God, it's coming back for us! Because <laughs> that's it's an out-of-control spell at that point, so your opponent can manipulate it. So. Yeah, it... But if you've picked, like, a static spell, like you've thrown out, like, a wall, or, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of ones, what do you think would be useful out of the generic spells for this? Including that we've got the weird ones that everyone forgot about that came out of the Forbidden Power expansion. The shards and Little Nagash Screamy Head. Yeah, and, uh, I'm trying to think. Boat so, <laughs> you could... Su- you could summon the little boat guy with this and then take your guys out of the ship, put him in his ship, and then drive him around. It's totally stupid. It's very but stupid. you could just like have a little like exchange of traffic there. I'm trying to remember what the I think probably Prismatic Palisades is good because it's it blocks line of sight for shoot because it blocks line of sight for shooting uh for foot units, right? But anything that flies, it doesn't. So Yeah. That would be nice because you could set up a wall and then you put your boat behind it. If I, if I understand this correctly. That's, that's actually why I was like totally yeah. not looking this up while you're doing that, because I'm like, oh, I actually don't remember a lot of what the <laughs> wall does. Yeah. Uh, I think if you can see, because I think if you can fly, you can see over it, because it doesn't, because it just basically counts as terrain. Um, and that would be nice. That would be nice. And also with that, because if you stick 
your boat kind of close to it, they can't like get over the prismatic palisades either. Oh, so actually, units within six of this endless spell cannot make shooting attacks. Add three of the ranger's ability at the start of each battle round after it was summoned. So maybe you don't want to put the wall no, out. No, probably not. Yeah, no, not. we should probably look at the. Why do I search this and two different prismatic palisades come up in the app and they are two different points? Huh. <laughs> I'm gonna Yikes. put that down. Yeah, um, never mind then. Completely yeah. ignore everything that I just said. Yeah, so, I mean, well, what what would you put in here? Like, I know Ravidex Jaws are pretty good. That's the one that does more damage on slower units, and uh, I think, yeah. Um, the, the problem is there's not, like, a lot of really good options anymore, because, like, it was nice... You can't take other people's stuff anymore. <laughs> right. Well, because the, the beauty of it is that you want something that's, like, a pretty high casting value, because then it can just be cast, and then it just is there. But yeah. you also want something that's, like, high casting value, and then it doesn't move. Because you don't want it running back and then obliterating your own forces because let me tell you we don't have a way to deal with that <laughs> yeah and, and that's the part about not controlling it is like okay well maybe i don't want a predatory maybe i want a static i'll pop the mirrors down and then not cast any spells through them yeah you kind of like loot like it just doesn't have the that's why the comet was that's why i like the comet so much i guess okay so i'm i pull up the list now mm -hmm. um so i'm gonna look through them i guess so shards what well, i've always saying people are sleeping on shards shards could be good because um, you, you have move characteristics, and a unit that is ensnared cannot fly or be removed from the battlefield. You don't want shards put on you. Correct. Because it turns off a lot of your stuff. But maybe having that, you go up against something that has a lot of flying things that's going to get in your face. You can be like, you sit down over there. Um, I, I guess. I don't know. Purple Sun, just for the for the for lulls. The, for the memes? For the lulls. Just throw a Purple Sun out there and just go, all right, here we go. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Uh, that Life Swarm, maybe. Yeah, the problem is with Life Swarm is that it's kind of the same thing. It's like you don't want it to benefit your opponent. Yeah. Snackles? Soul Snare Shackles, maybe, yeah. Because they don't move? Yeah, So you just know to not get close to them. It yeah. replaces when you bring the Skaven spell. Yeah. And kind of use that same thing. Because, yeah, uh, you can, they can't run, and uh, they do some damage. Yeah, I guess maybe that's it. Yeah. I still think it's funnier if you bring um, the little guy that carries people around, Lacan the Soul Seeker, because he can pick up a... Uh, oh, it's a friendly wizard. Never mind. He wouldn't be able to carry anybody yeah. around. You just pick him up and he just like shrugs. <laughs> He's just like, I don't know what to do here. Why did you bring me? I didn't know yeah. what I put in the Pokeball. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, I, and I understand why they kind of changed the rule on it where you can't bring faction spells because yeah. they're like, hey, no more of this Skaven spell business. It was, it was also getting confusing because sometimes the spells were like, this can only be cast by a Stormcast wizard. Okay, but does this rule ignore that? Right. Which rule trumps which rule? And then some of them are like, okay, this only does damage to certain models with certain keywords or only benefits them. So it, it got confusing, you yeah. know? Um, I like it now because it's like, yeah, it's the generic ones. I really, I think we might be about due for some more spells. That'd be nice. I would like that. I think there's some areas that they could explore in the mechanics and stuff like that, do a little five-pack of spell things. Like, uh, maybe maybe this is a little pre-planning to be like, hey, we're going to give more spells down the road. Or maybe the faction spells are going to get way better. And they just don't want KO to be throwing out all kinds of nonsense. <laughs> just, just yeeting spells all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Next one. Phosphorite bomblets. Oh, there's the little bomblets. Little yeah. cute guys. Uh, this is your Ender Master only. Once per battle in your shooting phase, you pick an enemy unit within six of the barrel. Uh, six of the barrel. Well, in his barrel. And you roll a dice. On a two-up, the unit suffers one mortal wound, and you can roll another dice. Keep on rolling this way until your target is destroyed, or you roll a one. I do like anything... It's just silly enough to work. I like anything that lets me just do damage. And uh, unlike all the other things I like, this one doesn't accidentally, you know, kill you. Yeah. It's not the spooky mask where you stare until your head explodes. Like, yeah. this one, maybe you only get three or four wounds, but you still got a free three or four wounds. Maybe you just roll a bunch of dice. Yeah, maybe keep you rolling. keep rolling until the thing's dead. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it could be really cool. It's, it's uh, Arcan spell, Curse of Ages, but mm -hmm. just in a more dependable form. 
I mean, can you imagine if you are like you just roll hot and then you just take out like an entire like twenty pack of things? I always use the example of <laughs> imagine imagine being able to not roll a one for like I don't know thirty five wounds off a of gargant. And this guy just walks up, takes a little bomb, puts it right directly into the anal sphere of the gargant, yep. and just the gargant just explodes. Uh, yeah. Like, it's uh, it's really funny. Oh, I guess it's individual grenades. So this is just the image of one guy dropping 35 grenades on a gargant. <laughs> while the gargant's just reaching at him, like, stop! Stop! Uh, <laughs> Rain hurting. And then the last one on this is the Voidstone Orb, one of my favorites. Either uh, navigator only, once per battle, when the bearer attempts to unbind a spell, you can say they will use a Voidstone Orb, and if you do so, that spell is automatically unbound to do, do not make an unbinding roll. So, just a free yeah. auto-unbind. Neat. That's neat. I still like the, uh, looking at that reminds me of the meme from Invincible that's like, look what you have to do to mimic what one of my Stormcast guys just does automatically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We get other cool abilities. No, <laughs> you get a lot more cool stuff. But it is funny when they yeah. kind of give you someone else's ability, and you can kind of see, oh yeah, it's better in that army because that makes more sense. But yeah. here, it's neat. I like that one, but by God, the other ones are way too enticing for me. Yeah, because it's my risk and reward thing for the bombs, the spell in the bottle for the memes, um, and honestly, the the thing that shuts down a monster. If you've got a monster heavy meta, that could be a really could neat be thing. Really neat to have, yeah. Yeah. And then we get to the Great Engine Works. Yeah, they're pretty Ooh, great. So many. Oh, the, the Great Engine Works has always been where this army it succeeds. Yes. At its, at, it's at its height. So good. So, first set that we have are for the Ironclad. Yes. Only, right? Major installations. Major installations instead. In, indeed. Sorry. So, the first one, which is also probably the one that you're always going to wind up taking, is the last word. At the end of the enemy charge phase, you can pick one enemy unit that finished a charge move within uh, in that phase within three inches of this unit. This unit can shoot at the enemy with its great sky cannon, great sky hook, or great volley cannon, depending on which one you chose. Yes. So. That's good. That's great. So if you've got that reroll as well, and you've probably unleashed hell already. Oh, yeah, so, you have. So it's a little extra chance to go, <laughs> no, I do not want to fight this unit. Don't want to fight that. Yeah. You're just going to keep shooting. That's the one you usually take. Against it you. is. Because it's the, I don't want to deal with an ironclad. Yeah, one. It's like I don't want I don't want people to come at my ironclad, so I take this one. So they will go. I don't want to. I don't want to charge the ironclad. <laughs> you don't, this is an army I never want to charge. Yeah, I never want to because I'm just gonna and get you, shot. To and you, but you have to in order to beat them. Yeah, yeah. The next one. The oh my, these names. Go on, man. Go on. <laughs> the Hexen Solutions old reliable hull plates. That's right. Get your Hexen Solutions old reliable installed today. The first wound that would be allocated to this unit each phase is negated. That's, that's, that's nice. Pretty nice. Yeah. yeah. I, it's a little threshold. It's yeah. Cool. If you have, especially if you have like, uh, if you're facing an army that does like a lot of chip damage in like multiple different phases, where it's like, oh, we do like some of the magic and then or some of the hero phase and then some of the shooting yeah. phase and then some of the charge and then some of the combat phase. It's like, oh, well, I'm just ignoring at least one wound in each of those. It's gonna stop a lot of like magic missile pings and stuff like that. The yeah. People throwing a bird at you off of a frost horn or whatever. Yep. Um. Well, I, we I would we should probably go back and clarify real fast. These are unique enhancements, so you always get one. But if you get an extra enhancement from a battalion or something, you can bring more of these Correct. as well. So there's ways to get three, I guess. Then because if you got a battalion to get another one, mm -hmm. I guess you could just get all of them if you wanted. But then you wouldn't be able to put more than one per uh, ironclad, right? Correct. Yeah. So no. So no one. So you can only have like one unique enhancement on each of your ships. But and if you have multiple ships, you can have a, you can a, you can get it. So you can have a unique enhancement on each of your ships. And realistically, I think three ironclads max, right? Because that's fifteen hundred points. That is fifteen hundred. You, you got to have some battle line in there somewhere. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. So, which is the little ships? Because you is. take that one thing. <laughs> I love that. Um, and then the Birth of Morgrim. In your shooting phase, you can pick one enemy unit and roll one dice for each model from that unit within nine inches of this unit. And for each five up, that unit suffers one mortal wound. That I'm is like your... 
anti um horde. Anti horde. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is almost exactly the profile of the uh steam gun on the gyrocopter, actually. Oh. I think. I, I I might look that up because I'm like, oh, I think that's just that gun. Yeah. So it's the flamethrower mechanic. Yeah. You know, I like it. Okay. You you are like somehow getting the ones that are sensical sentences. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't I didn't do this on purpose at all. Okay, well here's the <laughs> Zarmbar Corp Deal Breaker Battle Ram. Um, and I like the description. It's a large battering ram that smashes opponents to the ground. Well, yeah, that's what a battle ram is. I would I figured that out. After the unit finishes a charge move, you can pick an enemy unit with one inch of this unit and roll a number of dice equal to the charge roll. For a four up, they take a moral wound. So it's an impact hit. It is. Your, your big shit. Now, remember, if you remember previously, you have that uh, nice little article footnote. I don't remember which one, which one it is. One of these three, five times. But it gives you yeah. the option of, taking, of doing 3d6 on your charge. Footnote. Footnote. Yeah. So if you take, so if you do that little combination of like, you take the footnote for the 3d6 charge, and then you have this. It's like, oh, nice. That's not that's not bad at all. Yeah, I, I am looking at that, and I'm like, uh, yeah, I look at that. Yeah, you know what? Survey says that checks out. That's pretty cool. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Just do a Kragnos charge and get some damage off of yeah. it. Yeah. What's up, Frost Lords and Ogres and crap? I got impact hits what? too. What hit you with a boat? <laughs> The next one is a Prusy shoots. If this unit is destroyed, you do not have to uh, roll to see if models embarked in this unit are slain. In addition, if this model unit is destroyed, embarked units do not have to be set up more than three inches from all enemy units. They can just come on out and be like, hey, we're in the party now. They come out fighting. Yeah. I do I do like that because the image of the ship blowing up and as it's crashing to the ground, all the dwarves inside are like jumping off and starting like, to punch oh, people yeah. with the debris of the boat. Uh, yeah, cool one. It's like a really cool action movie moment. This this does feel like an army that wants you to have cool ass action scenes. I mean, yeah. your one main hero—I don't know, Brock, whatever. Your main named hero, Drecky, is all about cool action scenes. So true, neat. And then the last one, Zach. It is really simple. The magnificent Omniscope. You add two to this unit's move characteristic. Which, if you didn't notice, I was frantically like <laughs> flipping through here. Yeah. I was trying to find the Ironclad to see what its move is. Ten. Which is ten. But if you've taken the one thing, can't you get them? So then ten plus two will be twelve. And wasn't there another way to give more movement to something? Oh, yeah. If you take the thing where all of your sky vessels are two inch to the move, Master of the Skies, yeah. you've essentially added four. That's not bad. Not like bad. being able to give an extra four inches on all your boats or on two on everybody and then four on the ironclad. Which I've is been the told one. four inches is a lot. You know what? <laughs> I've been telling myself that for a while. <laughs> but I, that's neat because that, that gives you a little more maneuverability on a big ship that while it is a huge and tough thing to kill, three up save, 20 wounds, like it's beefy. Yeah. You still don't want it to get in a lot of combat necessarily. Right. Like you want to be because it's a big base and a lot of weight of attacks will bring this thing down. Correct. So I like I like that. Get a little more speed out of it. Yeah. And then there's the frigate uh, refittings. So these are frigate. Uh, so the first one is Kazar's farewell scuttling failsafe. If this unit is destroyed before it is removed from play and before any units embarked in it, uh, it disembark. Roll the dice for each unit within three inches of this unit, and on a two up, that unit suffers D three mortal wounds. So basically, you just blows up more yeah <laughs> it blows up and it blows up out in yeah. order to hit everybody these these names are uh things that professor farnsworth invents correct on futurama <laughs> <laughs> the farewell scuttling failsafe uh, you got some malefic sky mines you want me to read this one yeah go the for malefic. it um <laughs> i'm sorry i'm reading the little lore thing here for the first time invented during the great harpy migrations what <laughs> Uh, sometimes I think the writer just he just goes, yeah, well, I don't know. I just put this in here. Yeah, flavor text. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> once per battle at the start of the combat phase, you pick an enemy unit that can fly and that is within six inches of this unit and roll a dice. On a two or three, they take a D3 mortal wounds. On a four up, they take D6 mortal wounds. 
Cool. Pretty good. It doesn't say on a one, nothing happens, which usually they include that little bit of rule in there. That's like yeah. on a one, nothing. I mean, obviously it doesn't, but like, can you Roy's lawyer that and be like, on a one, I do whatever I want. I win the game. Doesn't say it doesn't happen. True. I tap my um actually model. <laughs> and uh, yes, sir, I will leave this tournament. Thank you. Have a nice day. Uh, the Prudency Shoots. If That's the same. Yeah, same thing as before. Yeah. And then the Magnificent Omniscope on this one, same thing as before. Then we get to the gun hauler modifications for the Grunstock gun haulers. Ingrid, Kaz, like Surge, Injection, Endrin, MK4. <laughs> yeah, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, when this unit makes a normal move or retreats, you can add D3 to that move. If you wish, you can add D 2D3 to the move instead of D3. But if you do so, you roll a double. That unit suffers uh, one mortal wound after the move is made. Uh, this is uh, Nitros for your, you know, uh, kit bashed CRV. But uh, the spoiler that you welded on poorly flies off. Correct. <laughs> hit it a little too hard. <laughs> it's like, oh no! Yeah. I went too fast. Basically, yeah. <laughs> Why do I keep having to say the word Zonbar Core? Zonbar Core Debt Settler Spar Torpedo. Uh, it's a torpedo. Once per battle, after this unit finishes its charge, its first charge move. Oh, that's important, actually. Mm -hmm. You gotta keep track of that. You can pick one enemy unit within one inch on of this unit and roll a dice. On a two-up, they take a number of mortal wounds equal to the roll. Solid. I like it. Yeah. Like, you're going to do at least, well, assuming you don't fail, you're going to do at least two damage to something. That's cool. Eat that, eat that sucker into something. And the final one is to make your gun hauler so it can transport units, yes. which is the Coalbeard's Collapsible Compartments. This unit gains the transport vessel keyword, and up to six friendly Skyfarer models can be embarked in it. Which, if you looked at the models and the scale, I've, this army, the one thing I don't like about the models, because uh, I've said before, I've painted a bunch, and I've kitbashed a bunch, and I really like the models. The scale on the ironclad does not quite line up with the lore of yeah. how big it is and those little gun haulers. But this is even funnier because if you look at it, it's like, how are we going to get six dwarves in here? It's a clown car. Like a little clown car would just vomits <laughs> dwarves out of it. <laughs> but that's cool. And if you've got, if you're doing the stupid list I want to do, I think I just looked it up there, 170 points. I believe that's as much as a Charybdis. So I already know how many I can bring <laughs> in a stupid list. Um, then this is nice because you might want to have a couple of guys in it to hold an objective. If you're trying to win, I guess. <laughs> if you're trying, yeah. Yeah, and this lets you do eh, that. Whatever. Cool. Yeah, who's trying to win yeah. at this game? And then we get to our Skyports. Yeah. There's six of them. Look at all these little guys. Yeah. yeah. Little, little cool guys. Neat. And, all, dude, these Skyport, the Skyport things are so much better. Yeah, we talked about it. The only one that I kind of bled on was the first one, and that's just because I've seen it in a lot of armies, so it didn't hit me as, like, unique. Yeah. But it's still good. It's still good. Yeah. So the first one is Baraknar, City of the First Sunrise. This is the biggest Skyport, uh -huh. right? Um, there's a Scholars and Commanders, which is the start of your hero phase. Roll a dice for each friendly Baraknar hero on the battlefield, including any that are embarked. For each four-up, you receive one extra command point. Okay. Solid. Yeah. Nice. Very good. I, I remember, this is like this is just something you choose at the beginning. Yes. You just get this, right? I think we said that this one, out of all of them, seems like probably... You might not have enough heroes to make this super beneficial the whole game. Right. But... Yeah, maybe you did. If you brought, if there's a way to do a six hero list in this, this is a very nice thing to have. I don't know because we haven't gotten farther in. I don't know if you still do a lot of hero spam or if you want to dial it back a little. And I don't know. You got we'll some see. choices to make. Be good. Um, well, I want to choose Barak Zilfin, the windswept city. It sounds so romantic. They have magnificent sky vessels. You know, you get to pick an additional Indrin work. Great Indrin work. Sorry uh, for your army. Yeah. So, so cool. Bringing ships. Get another Indrin work. This is your boat guy. If you're yep. playing the boat army, you're playing these guys. Bingo. I like it. Barak Zan, the city of the sun, um, deeds not words. You add one to hit rolls and wound rolls for attacks made with melee weapons by friendly Skyfarers units that made a charge in the same turn. This is if you want to bring your Sky Wardens and do some bullshit. Yeah. So initially when I saw that, I was like, oh, a thing on charge in melee. 
I don't like it. But then when I did start reading through the actual rules, and I saw that Sky Wardens, you know, Sky Pike, two inch, three attacks, threes and threes, rend one damage, two, and plenty of ways to get them in and out of combat quickly and easily. Like all of that, a sudden, you're moving to twos and twos. Yeah, that that felt pretty okay because if you're you know drop kicking a frigate into them and then throwing a bunch of guys out and they're doing all the shenanigans that they can do, why not make them better? Yeah, I, I liked that. That's that's the one that I was like, no. Oh wait, yes. Well, oh wait, yes. Yes. Uh, but the subtleties of the code, you see, that's what Barack Obama's the market city excels in. You can pish. You can pish. I can't even you speak. Can pish. You can pish. You can pish if you want to. Um, you can pick one additional article for your army. You cannot pick an article your army already has. Cool. Neat. Okay. Yeah. If you- so, and in, in that case, like if you did that one, and then there's a bit that you got the extra footnote, you can have five things active. I'm just bringing all the rules. Yeah, I'm just bringing all the rules, all the rules you yeah. want. My personal favorite, uh, I know. Barak Mornar, <laughs> um, this is the City of the Shadow, this is Sinister Raiders, roll a dice each time an enemy model issue, uh, issues a command within 12 inches of a friendly Barak Mornar unit. On a 5-up, that command is not received, the command ability still counts as having been used, and the command point that was spent to issue it, that command is lost. Holy balls! You're gonna feel real bad when you're trying to roll, and like, just some dudes on the ground are turning off your command abilities. Because this ability to turn off commands... Is in a lot of stuff, but it's usually either a spell, so casting value, you gotta get that, you gotta have a wizard, you gotta be in range, um, or like on a hero or something like that. This is just everybody in the army. Everybody in the army. Like, if you're within sky 12 vessels, inches. Freaking sky fairs, heroes, it don't matter. Within 12 inches, we're turning it off on a, th- a 33% chance yeah. every single time. And, and so... And, and that's every that, single one, and it's not once per phase, and it's it it's got so many good uses to it. There, there are yeah, there are so there's so much utility in this. Yeah, because it's like, oh well, I'm gonna give myself plus one to save. Are you? I'm gonna give myself plus one to hit. So are you? Knowing that this is your favorite Skyport, <laughs> and knowing that I play War Stomper, which is one guy who has to issue commands, otherwise the army falls apart. One uh-huh. single big target. I am never playing Guardian. Because I know what will happen uh-huh. is I will walk up, I will fail my commands, and you will shoot the shit out of the one guy in my army who's any good. Uh-huh. I I was thinking about like so, like the way that you can kind of operate with this and how just freaking dirty it becomes. Because like if you take like a like the Grunstock gun hauler that's got like a pretty good move and that shit's just like zipping around the freaking map and you're just back tagging. Yeah, you're like, you just being be... within a foot. Okay. Okay. Done. Easy. And then you're just making your like this is the this is the kind of thing that's perfect for me because it makes my opponent do rolls. I don't have to do shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess you have to roll the dice. Yeah, you have to, you have to physically roll the one. But your opponent, what's even I think possibly a layer more on it. Your opponent is now having to decide the command points that I'm spending. I, I have two or three, and I need to spend them in certain areas. Where do I want to risk it? Uh-huh. Like because now that I've got a thirty three percent chance that it just doesn't happen, and you've spent the command point, and you don't get to do it again. Yeah, and you, and so like if I want to issue all attack, it's not like oh it fell over here, I'll throw it over here. Nope. So you're having your opponents kind of and play a game of like keeping out of your range yeah. a little bit as well, but they can't because you're fast. Bingo. And and the one thing that I'm like I think I'm most excited about too is that that first time that somebody goes, Whew, man, I gotta do a, uh, um, I gotta I gotta I'm gonna auto uh, pass my battle yeah, my battle shot. inspiring presence. Yeah, the inspiring presence is like. Are you? <laughs> Let's find out. <laughs> Let's find out. Maybe you don't. It's like, no, you are not. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's solid. Good. So good. And the last one, which is also surprisingly kind of really good. Yeah. So uh, this was, I think, out of all of them, this lore-wise is my favorite group. Mm-hmm. 
of the people because they're the traditionalists. Yes, and so they work with the fire slayers. They're more they're more grounded. Uh, mm. um, but <laughs> they don't really say it. The boy, hold on, trusolent. Tr- uh, you know what? Here we have public education showing up. That's a hard ass word. Truculent. 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 That sounds like Homer Simpson made that up. <laughs> like when he likes a lot of trucks, it's truculent. <laughs> Uh, ill-tempered and stuck in the past and set in their ways. Boy, they're just all the bad things. Yeah. Grumpy old dwarfmen. So the first thing is uh, all ally Dordan priests know the following prayer. So you ally in some Dordan priests. That's pretty cool. And then they have the prayer on it, um, which if you're allying them in, you probably bring in fire slayers to get their cool prayers and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so Rune of Ancestral Guidance is a prayer that has an answer value of three in a range of 16. If answered, pick one friendly Arcanaut company or Grunstock Thunderer's unit wholly within range. So both your ground foot guys, basically. Yep. Until the start of your next hero phase, unmodified hit rolls of six for attacks made with missile weapons by that unit. Oh my god. Cause a number of mortal wounds to the target equal to the weapon's damage characteristic and the attack sequence ends. So it turns them into cruel boys. Yes. But in but they're better. Than, but better. <laughs> better because, you know, they're not cruel boys. Uh, I'm so sad that, that we were talking about this today at work, that cruel boys are just sitting at the bottom of the charts now forever. And it's yeah. like, oh god. That's sad. I don't know what to do about that. Yeah. So the way that I think the, of the Bark Thring uh, ability and all of that item is if you, because you can bring, you know, get the X Grunstock doodad, right? Mm-hmm. Bring a bunch of Thunders. Bring like a friggin' like a double reinforced thing because you can double reinforce them if they become battle line. True. That's uh, 30, right? Yeah. Uh, no, that'd be, fi- it'd be 15. Oh, they're fives. Yeah, because they're in fives. Oh. But. but did they used to be in tens? No, gr- uh, gr- uh, Thunders were always in. I don't know. Uh, Thunderers were always in fives. The Arcanaut Company are in tens. I guess I'm just confused because I just painted ten Thunderers. So I just assumed. Oh, yeah. Was, you just assumed they, they were ten pack. Yeah, yeah, they were ten pack now. But then, you know, you have them, and I think they're, you know, put them all. Uh, they're freaking. Their rifles are pretty long. Like, they have a pretty long range of their rifles. Yeah. And well, they have a lot of fun guns, too. They do a lot want. of fun guns. So you can do some, some neat tricks with that and just, like, skip the whole. Oh, yeah. I don't need to, like, roll the wound because they're actually worse at. Like wounding because they're threes and fours on, yeah. the, on the on the long rifles, and so you just go, oh well, the sixes are just mortal wounds. Yeah, they. I mean, I guess the tax of having to have a priest in there probably maybe that's like the drawback to it. But I don't. I think out of all of these, this is the one that most screams once again. Like this might be more on the narrative side than yeah, the competitive side, but fun. it's cool. It's fun. And also, so if you put a freaking if you put like the priest on like the on the uh, the magma draw magma draw. And then you have boats. <laughs> and if I remember correctly, I think the... I, I don't know if it's one of the Magma Droth because I play Greyfeard, but I know the ones on the ground, I think, inherently get a plus one to their prayers anyway. Yeah. So I think that's on the War Scroll. So you could be looking at just a two to roll over To just this. do it. To turn... To go to 30 uh, uh, Arcanaut Company and be like, just fucking let just them have let it. Let them have it, baby. Just, just wait of attacks. Let it, let it rip. <laughs> yeah. And then a bunch of parts we skip. Page 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 page, 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 and then page, we get the page, battle tactics page. and the grand ooh, strategies. Ooh. Oh, they didn't re-include Blackhawk down as a map. Yeah, darn. There was one. I think it was the first book that had the scenario where it was all the KO in the middle and like oh everybody's God, just surrounding that was, them. Whew. That's my. That was one of my favorite narrative ones because it feels like Blackhawk down. It, it felt cool. Uh, yeah. Okay. Hey, here's the purple part. Yeah. The matched play. So, um, we have four different grand strategies that we can choose between if you, if you so choose to. Yes. Uh, the first one is a rule of skies. When the battle ends, you complete this grand strategy if there are one or more friendly sky vessels on the battlefield and there are no enemy behemoths that can fly on the battlefield. Uh, once again, it depends on your opponent's list. Yeah. A lot. Because I think... Here's the problem. If you're facing Marathi, 
Oh yeah. Yeah, you just lose. You're just not getting your grand strategy. Yeah, unless you, I guess you just have to dedicate all the time to killing her and making sure she dies. Right. And, and yeah. Yeah, that, that's one of the ones. But then again, if you uh, end up going against, uh, I don't know, Gargans. We've already won. Just get a Sky Vessel <laughs> and just run it away. Just run it away. Yeah, Never have to do Sky with Vessels it. count. Uh, do the Gun Haulers count? Oh, uh, yeah, they're, they're Sky Vessels. Okay, cool. So then there's a, that is 170 points of I just have to keep, keep this, this alive. away from you. Yeah. Yeah. That could be work. Uh, defend the flagship. You can pick this grand strategy only if the model picked to your V or general is an Arcanaut Admiral. When the battle ends, you complete the grand strategy if that general has not been slain and the Sky Vessel picked to be their flagship, which we'll get to later, has not been destroyed. Okay, that's cool. But once again, you are pinning your things on the biggest, most... The, the thing that I'm going to target is the right. thing with the general and the most damage on it. Correct. So that's risky. Next one, Prospector Fleet. Uh, after deployment, your opponent must pick one terrain feature to hold a bounty of mineral wealth. When the battle ends, you complete this terrain strategy if you control that terrain feature. There's gold in them dar hills. Indeed. So this is the reverse of the Bone Splitters one, where you get to pick a terrain thing, and you're like, I think there's bones in there. This is There's a little caginess, because your opponent can look at the table and be like, what's the one that I don't want you to get to? But once again, fly high on turn five. You can you have to land an inch away from the terrain feature, right? Yep. Don't you still count as controlling it if you're within three inches for Correct. a terrain feature, I think? I think that's how that works. Um, so, like, pretty easy to pull off. Yeah. If you need to. If you still have the stuff, obviously. Right. All these are dependent on, on is anybody alive? Is anybody alive? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then guided by uh, yeah, the code. That's... So when the battle ends, you complete this grand strategy. Oh, look, it's the one that they're putting in all the books now. Uh, you complete it if at least four battle tactics, and every battle tactic you complete in this battle was from the decrees of the code listed below. Same thing as the gets one. If you pull off all the stuff in this book, you get a, that can be your thing. Yeah. Then we get to the battle tactics. They are okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the reverse of KO. Yeah. Yeah. As I see, I, I this is fresh to me. I forgot to read this page. Oh, did you? Yeah, because I okay. skipped straight to the, the well, then units. I, I will read these to you, and I will let you react in real time. All right. Are you ready for these battle tactics? Oh, let's go. I'm gonna See, I, so here's the thing. I don't quite know all about the unit's interactions yet, but I got a pretty good idea of how everything works. Okay. Bombing run. Pick one enemy unit. You complete this battle tactic if that unit is destroyed during this turn by the bomb racks ability of a friendly unit. What's a bomb racks in here? Oh, uh, is that? Oh, that's the things when they, after they move. Um, for, oh, okay. Well, no, that one's going to be dicey. That one's dog shit. That one's going to be hard <laughs> to do. Well, hold on. If the enemy unit is, well, no, because it's per number of bombs racks unit. Hold on. 10. If you get an ironclad, you have 10 chances to roll a four up if you target a unit that has one guy left in it. Uh-huh. I, I see that working. Uh-huh. If? Well, you have to roll a four up. Uh-huh. Yes. And and they have to not like if they don't have a ward. Yeah, yeah, it's not a great one. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess it's one that you might look at the game round three or four and be like, I can fly an ironclad over that and get that guy, and maybe get that thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mobilize the fleet. You cannot pick this battle tactic in the first battle round. Pick three friendly units on the battlefield that are not embarked in sky vessels. You complete this battle tactic at the end of the turn if those units are all embarked in sky vessels. I mean, I guess this is really easy to trigger if you just bring three sets of three uh, Sky Wardens or whatever and just kind of have them hanging out next to a frigate and then at the beginning of the next turn go, I'm going to pick this one and just put them in the frigate. Yeah. Like, it kind of feels like you're just taking some units out of the game for a little bit. Correct. At the you're going to get the battle. That's, that seems easy. Yeah. Out of all of them, I like that one the that best one, so that far. One's, that one's pretty easy, yeah. Yeah. Boots on the ground. Pick three friendly units embarked in Sky Vessels. Oh, <laughs> Where did I do that? The yeah. previous paragraph. The previous one. You complete this battle tactic at the end of the turn if those units are not embarked and are wholly within enemy territory. 
That one's a little bit more challenging because you have to get them to enemy territory. Yes, and they and the enemy territory has to be not occupied by terrain, a giant-ass loon shrine or something, and a bunch of stuff that prevents you from being in there. And it has to be a map where the territory is big enough that this makes sense. Right. Yeah. And you're probably, in that case, going to need to burn a command point as well to do it in order to move the ship and then disembark everybody. Yeah. But command point for a battle tactic, if, yeah, if it works. Fair trade-off. Those two seem all right yeah. to me. Opening salvo, you can pick... You can only pick this battle tactic if no units have been destroyed in the battle. You complete this battle tactic if an enemy unit is destroyed in your shooting phase this turn. Ooh, okay, so if they go first and hit you with anything and kill one Arcanaut company, then you can't pick this. Correct. Because it's any units. No units have been destroyed in the battle. Right. So you have to be able to get the first shots on them, and you have to kill something. Right. I mean, I guess if you focus fire to pack a tin Ungors or something just to get this, that one seems yeah, it's relatively not, okay. It's not terrible. Yeah. Mostly because... In that first, in the opening, I mean, this is the one that you're going to choose in the first battle round, probably. And it doesn't say, like, you have to pick a target. Like, you don't have to pick, like, this unit is going to shoot them to kill them. It's just... Um, pick an enemy unit. Yeah, and in shooting phase. So you can focus everybody on that yep. until you get that battle tactic. Just kill something. However, if your opponent is playing Beasts of Chaos, and they have not deployed a single fucking figure on the table <laughs> on the first turn, I just realized you can't. What are you going to do? You can't do nothing. You're just going to stand there and go, I guess I'm going to shoot the air. Yeah. But, you, but it doesn't have to be in the first turn. It can be in any turn, technically. Yeah. Just nothing can be destroyed yet. So yeah, you can uh, stare at each other for a while if you want to. Second, second turn, they're going to be all up in your yeah, face. Probably. Though, so, and something will have been destroyed. Blast them to smithereens. Pick one objective on the battlefield within 12 inches of any enemy units. You complete this battle tactic if there are no enemy units within 12 inches of that objective at the end of this turn. That is actually probably going to have because that's just going to be a thing that's going to happen naturally within the course of the game. Yeah, you might be, you know, tw the 12 inches is a bit... It's far. Oh, that's that's a bit hard. But if you've got an objective that's, if the game is set up to where, you know, there's a couple of uh, idiots holding an objective and you can shoot them off. Okay. Yeah. And then finally, stake a claim. You can pick this tactic only if you control fewer objectives than your opponent. You complete this tactic if you control more objectives than your opponent at the end of this turn. Okay. So these all seem like they're not terrible. They just, the game is going to tell you whether or not they're going to work. Right. With the exception of... Bombing run seems like just... Bombing run's dog shit. That's, run's, that one's terrible. I feel like that's... I mean, what's, so the frigate's got bomb racks, right? Correct. It's got eight. Uh, I guess eight chances at a four-up. You'll get one or two. Once again, I think you're not going to try to target a full-strength unit with this. You're going to try to fly over somebody you've already maybe wounded in the previous turn with shooting, and then they... You're going to hope? Up. Yeah, like, it's situational. I would not. I would pick the other ones first. I'd pick the one where you put three people in the thing and then take them out again. Yeah. Because that seems... If you've set it up right pretty easy to do if you should be not able blocking. to do it yeah. yes and then you have two core battalions some battalions yeah which are interesting so the first battalion is an attack squadron which requires you to bring two frigates at least you could have up to three and then three uh fleet privateers which is the arcanaut company unit yeah two so, up to three yeah two, two up spooky to three. goes yeah and then you get the and the things you get out of that is you can either, you get a uh, expert and swift yeah that's so, good. nice I mean, Solid. you know, it looks like you're going to be loading up those frigates full of people and then dropping them off to do cool shenanigans. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the next one is the, and the other one is the escort wing, which, good God. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, so you have to have a little, but you could bring a lot. Yeah. So you have to have, so you have to have two Grunstock gun haulers and at least one Grunstock thunders unit. Yes. But you can bring up to three Grunstock gun haulers, one Grunstock Thunderous unit, a frigate, and an ironclad, 
and up to three Skywarns units. This is a weird battalion because it's just kind of like, yeah, just bring just most of your bring army. bring your stuff, and then, but all you really get is Slayers. So this is the problem that I actually have with this one, I is guess, that why is that not one, why is that one give you Slayers and not one drop? You notice that they did not give you a native option for one drop. Uh, there, we can't do a one drop, period. If you bring ships, you can't do a one drop. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll say this from someone on the other side of the thing. Maybe that's not bad. <laughs> your army doesn't always get to go first and just shoot the crap out of everything on the table. Yeah. Like, maybe it's okay that there is that little bit of, like, you have to be cagey on your deployment and be smart about it. You have to have less units on the field. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I find it interesting that we're just not allowed to do it. Yeah. So I can't give you all the toys, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, we're not luminous. <laughs> but I guess we are, I mean, in most cases, I think we are going to be probably, I mean... With the way the game is going right now, we're gonna be less drops in a lot in a lot of instances. I think most of the lists that I made, I think I was somewhere in like the five to seven range a yeah. lot of times, which is less than a lot of other armies right now. Well, I think with the drop things, it's like you're either a one or a two. You're somewhere around five or six, or you do not care at all. Right. And that's kind of like those are the three tiers. And most of the time, I think in tournaments, people are like one, two, or don't care. Right. Because they've made the decision whether or not they're going to go first, and if it even matters to them. Yeah. So Beasts, actually, you're kind of like, I don't care at all because I'm not going to put any toys <laughs> on the It doesn't matter. Table. Yeah. yeah. But no, we're. I think we're going to, we are shoehorned into the we don't care category. Yeah. Because it just doesn't matter because we don't get to do a native one drop, period. But a free Unleash Hell once per battle. It's not bad. Not you know, no command point, and I mean, you're probably going to need it at some point. So it's, so it's not awful. Not the worst thing. Um, should we cut to a break? We probably should cut to a break and throw a commercial in. And, and uh, then we... we'll get to the, uh, the War Scrolls. We can talk about all of the War Scrolls. There's eight. There's yeah, like eight or nine War Scrolls. Pretty, it's actually pretty quick. Yeah, we'd be, we'd be through this part pretty fast. So, all right, let's hit a break and we'll come back. Are you still bringing gray plastic to the table game after game? Do you have a big tournament coming up, but your army is barely glued together? Don't worry. Llama Juice Painting is here to help. Free your minis from their drag gray existence and let Justin bring them to life. Whether you're looking for a single centerpiece to bring your collection together or more battle line options, Llama Juice Painting is your best source for finely painted commission work. Check out some of Justin's work on facebook.com slash llama juice painting and get your quote today. And welcome back. Hi, everyone. We're in part three of this book now. We've been here for 12 hours. We have. Such a this. long time. Such a long book. Just, we've been getting, so rules, many we've scrolls. been getting rules read to us by a code right, and he's just been informing us of all the things we got wrong. <laughs> so only we can get to this point where we can get even more things wrong by looking at the battle scrolls yeah. for each of the different units. Our entire show has been eroded now to be incorrect as per the Carriage and Overlord's code. So, Bingo. Yeah. Um, so a couple of changes, um, you know. Not terribly much, but there's a couple of good things to kind of go over. So there's some conceptual changes to a couple of items yeah, that I like. And like how that unit now functions on the battlefield. Yeah. Which is good. I like it. Um, but we can, I mean, there's not a ton of units, so we can actually really just go through. Each I was going to say, compared to Gitz, there's like four guys in a boat in here, and that's, yeah, that's about and it. Yeah, really about it. So, and that is, that is my, one, my one complaint of the release where they're doing the one hero for every book, and, and you get just a hero and that's it, is that... This army didn't necessarily need more heroes. It needed more other options other to options, do stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, the, so the first guy on this is Brock Grungson. He is Mr. Mustache Gun himself, uh, the Lord Magnet of Barknar, which is important to note because he is a Barknar unit. Yes. So you can bring him in other stuff. It doesn't preclude you from doing so. Uh, but 
he doesn't get like he's a Barknar guy. You can't give him like the other Skyport stuff. So interesting to note his Warmaster thing. If he's included in a Baraknar army, it's treated as the general. So if you bring him as another one, he doesn't get that ability. Correct. Huh. Because normally it just says, like, if you bring Kragnos, he's always going to be considered a Warmaster. But right. this, I guess, because of their code. Because of the code and because of the Skyports and all that stuff. He yeah. Has a, it's a special, like, weird kind of ruling yeah. on it. He's got some cool stuff. He, you know, he's does a lot of shooting attacks. And then when he fights, he'll do some more mortal wounds, usually. Yes, he's got mustache guns. He does. Uh, the nice thing for him, and really the, the best ability is his first rule of uh, Grungson, which is uh-huh. if this unit makes made a charge move in the same turn, add one to the attacks characteristic of melee weapons used by friendly Baraknar Skyfarer units while they are wholly within 12 inches of this unit. So if you would like to add more attacks to your Sky Wardens on, would, their, yes. on their attacks, then you can do it with there. You won't get the other cool things uh, necessarily, but I mean, you know... It's you, more attacks. Yeah, it's more attacks. Yeah, it is weird that it's melee. It's charge and melee. That's one of the, the rules, once again, when they're charge and melee in this book, kind of feel like, oh, that's kind of what you maybe don't want to have to do yeah. necessarily. But he's not terrible in melee. Yeah, the... Uh, the, pro- the, the sky the pro- bikes are pretty good. Yeah, the, the, problem, the problem here, is the only, and this is where the problem lies with, with Barak Grunson, is that this would be way better if he was a Barak Zahn hero, because uh-huh. that would be the one that would then give you the plus one to hit and plus one to wound. Oh, yeah, so and you just be plus one down the board. So you just and, plus one yeah. down the board. You don't have that because because he's Baraknar, so it's just the you know the rolling four up and get an extra command point type of thing. So you're using then the command points to give yourself a plus one to your hit, probably, Yeah. with your plus one attack, but you don't get the plus one to your wound. So that's that's kind of where it's fine, Yeah. but it's it's strange. <laughs> it's, he, he does feel like he's... Like, oh, well, I guess if you're bringing him a Baraknar, makes sense. But otherwise, I don't know that you would. Yeah, if you're if you're running Baraknar, I think Brock Grungson is an excellent hero to bring because he's also not terribly expensive um, for a unique hero. But otherwise, you're probably not going to bring him if you're running any other Skyport. I guess his command, the fleet ability. Yeah, I, I could see him being in the one where you're bringing a lot of Skyboat vessels because uh, it lets you pick up the three that are out of combat. Obviously, um, they can reroll run ro- rolls. Blah, say that three times fast. And also, um, if they receive the commands, they can run and still shoot. Okay, so he gives your whole army, or if, run you, and shoot. if you brought three ironclads, you could just do three ironclads, run and shoot with this guy. Right. That could be kind of cool. That'd be neat. I think that's most of your points, though. With that. I don't think if you could do that because I don't know if how many points he is. Uh, how about I'll find out because this is yeah, one page of stuff. Yeah, you cannot. He's two twenty, so he's nope. two twenty. So you could do him and two ironclads and maybe hide a frigate. Twenty points over. Yeah, it's a frustrating amount to miss that by. <laughs> just miss it. Yeah, just slap three three ironclads him down and then. And three units of Arcanaut Company in each of the ships. Yeah. <laughs> Darn it, that's how I would want to play. Yeah. Uh, the next one is the Arcanaut Admiral. This guy did get an update. <laughs> Sir Slaphammer himself. Sir, Sir Slaphammer He's not quite Bastion, himself. but my God, that hammer. Who that hammer? So good. Um, so his Masterwork Volley Pistol is uh, nine in terrain, three attacks, threes and threes, minus one to run, two damage each. That's an upgrade. I that's... believe he was one damage before yeah. on the on the pistol. He's got a heavy bolter. I the, think that's the heavy bolter profile, yeah. actually. The Scaff Hammer, which is the... I, I freaking love this weapon. It's uh, one inch range, three attacks, threes and twos, minus two rend, three damage each. Freaking gnarly. Yeah. Such, so good. And with a three up save and six wounds, he's an okay combat hero. Now yeah. that four inch move sucks. Yeah. <laughs> You're well, going to have him in a boat, hopefully. Yeah. Well, and that's the, that's the trick for him, right? Is that you stick him in a boat and mm-hmm. then he doesn't have to leave the boat in order to hit stuff with a scaff hammer. His boat just has to be in combat range because his combat range is the boat in that, in that instance. Yeah. Which also means that he's then minus one to hit. 
and plus one to his save. Yes. So, and it, what else can he do to that boat? Us, and this is where he has changed. So, if this unit is the general of a carriage and overlord army, you can pick one Arcanet Ironclad or Arcanet Frigate in the army to be its flagship and record this information on your army roster. Once per turn, this unit can issue a command to its flagship without a command point being spent. That's super good because he has a whole bunch of commands that he can issue. Yes, and all of so hold on. So he can issue just a normal command, right? Correct. The ship can issue, or he can issue a ship uh, command. So all of the ones that you get that you can pick. Yep. The, sh- off the, the Iron Sky command abilities. Yep. The Iron Sky command abilities. Yes. And then he has some special ones too. So, um, the first of the command abilities that he can do is, is he, he can do bring every gun to bear. So you can use the command ability at the start of the shooting phase. This unit that receives the command must be a friendly sky vessel that is more than three inches from all enemy units that remained stationary in the preceding movement phase and did not use the fly high command ability in the preceding movement phase. Yes. You add one to the attack's characteristic of that unit's missile weapons until the end of the phase. Hot diggity damn, if you put that on an ironclad, that's nasty. And uh, if you've made it to where he that ironclad can receive two commands and that ironclad can also reroll one hit that it fails, and like there's ways to basically there's guarantee. There's ways to just boost that bad boy up. Yeah. And then the other one, is Command Disguise. You can use this command ability at the start of your movement phase. The unit that receives the command must be a friendly sky vessel more than three inches full enemy units. That unit can re-roll run rolls this this uh, phase, and in addition, they can run and still shoot and or charge later in the same turn. So, one of them is like the, we have an ironclad that we're parking in the middle of the, like in the middle, mm-hmm. and then we're just going to let the ironclad have extra attacks. The other one is like, let's put this, let, he's running a frigate, and he's going to do some shit. Yeah. So it's a little. Le- it's worse than Brock's because you only get to pick one instead of three, but it's still really good. It's still really good. And then finally, he has one other ability, which is the, grun br- the Grudge Breaker Rounds. And this is a once-per-battle. At the start of your shooting phase, you can pick one friendly carriage and overlord's unit that is not a sky vessel, and that is wholly within 12 inches of this unit. Until the end of the phase, improve the rank characteristic of that unit's missile weapons by one. The same unit cannot be picked to benefit from this ability more than once per phase. Hmm. Pretty solid. Especially if you're going to go, hey you know, Endon Riggers or Sky Wardens or something like that. Um, even Grunstock Thunders, I think, is one is one that I was looking at for this. If you have, like, a big old pack of them inside of an Ironclad. Yeah, I was looking around, and it's like, they don't have Rend on a lot of their stuff. They have Rend on a couple, but adding Rend to a bunch of stuff is nice. Yeah. And that's a really nice, like, once per, once per battle. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I was looking at the named Thunderers. No. Uh, well, okay, I was, so the actual Thunderers are even a little better, because they've got a, a minus two in there for the Ether Cannon. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, so Pretty cool. Get some good stuff out of there. And then we move over to Drecky Flint, who's got some cool stuff. Zach, do you, is there anything that spoke to you on the Drecky Flint piece of this? Uh, I really like the picture of, on the page before, where it's all the cool KO models fighting the Slaves of Darkness and stuff. Oh, the Drecky Flint thing? Yeah. Uh, so it's like the artwork in here. Um, so Drecky, what's cool about him is that he basically does what the Admiral does, but to a frigate. Yeah. So it has to be a frigate because that's his ship. It's the Aisling... Um, and you add one to the damage of its boarding weapons, which is him himself, I guess, throwing in an extra hand on there. But you also get to attack with him if he's in melee, too. Correct. So he's just inspiring them a little bit. Um, and you can reroll, run, and charge rolls while he's on it. So basically, you put him on the frigate and then let him toot around and do that kind of stuff. Uh, the thing that I liked was his uh, light-fingered, yeah. Uh, at the start of the combat phase, if this unit's within one inch of an enemy hero that has an artifact of power, you can say that Jackie will try to borrow that artifact. If you do so, you roll a dice. On a three-up, it can no longer be used. If it's a weapon, blah, blah, it reverts. Um, it can't be used while he's embarked, 
okay, a little bit of a drawback, but that's a three up. Yeah, that's pretty good. Not bad. To just turn just, off an artifact. Just yeah. take an artifact away from somebody. Yeah, you're not a wizard like, oh, that's anymore. That's mine now. Give me that wizard book. Get out of here with that. <laughs> Get out of here with that stuff. Uh, the Endermaster, I don't think much changed on him, um, but it, the flying version of him, as is also true for the Endermaster, makes your uh, Endrin Riggers battle line. Yes. So uh, that's probably, this is the all-balloon list that was relative. I mean, it's, I think it was like one frigate and then just a balloon guy. Yeah. But that was, that was kicking around for a while. And mm-hmm. if you want to do that, this is the guy you bring. Well, and the nice thing, and the nice thing too, is that this is a change from previously as well. So it, the, um, the Endrin Riggers become battle line not if the Endron Master is a general, mm-hmm. just if it's included. Oh, cool! So even better. Yeah, and it's and it's either the Endron Master in a dirigible suit or just the normal foot Endron Master. Yeah. So you just have to have one of them in your army, and then the Endron Riggers become battle line. The drawback is the Sky Wardens do not are not battle line like they were before via that same trick. Gotcha. So there, there's some some changes that have happened in there, but good profile. I was gonna say honestly, like uh, his lots of shots, some rend. Um, what is it? Add one to field repair? To, oh, to the oh, field repair rolls. Okay, when they're healing up stuff. Yeah, Correct. so like you, this is the guy, I think what, you stick a bunch of them near the sky vessel and like they heal it up as they're fighting as and they're they go fighting off and do stuff. Yeah. Yep. I, I think it's cool. I've always just liked the model. It's the just, model's really cool. It's just so much stuff. Yeah. It's, it's, too, just, it's too many arms. It's just arms and guns and all kinds <laughs> one of different of them, things. Yeah, I really, if you ever uh, want to do another one, I want to kit bash it and put like just the weirdest shit on the end of the arms. Like. Weird. This one's just a human hand. This one's a carrot. This is just some stuff. Like, just Inspector Gadget. Just all the weirdness comes out of his backpack. This one's holding a vial with some slime in it. Yeah. This one's holding a goblin. He's very confused. Very confused. And then we move over to the Adric Navigator. Yeah. Um, so the Navigator wizard. has the wizard, yeah, kind the of. wizard, non-wizard <laughs> type of thing. So this is the guy he can dispel um, one endless spell at the start of your hero phase, and he can also unbind one spell. The Adric Navigator's ability, uh, which is read the winds, Yes. is now changed. This is completely different from how it used to be. So you used to pick one of these things, right? Mm-hmm. And now you still do pick one of these things, but it's the dice roll is weird. But so in a gonna, fun new way. In a fun new way. So, in your hero phase, you can say that one friendly unit with this ability will read the winds. If you do so, roll six dice, then pick one of the following effects. So you roll the dice, and then you see what happens. Yeah. All right? So the first one is the Aether Storm. Uh, for each roll of one, so this is mine, <laughs> okay, yeah. Because I'm, I'm rolling the ones. You pick one different enemy unit within 30 inches of this unit and visible to this unit. That enemy unit suffers D3 mortal wounds, uh, roll separately for each unit, and in addition, any mortal wounds caused by this ability are allocated to an enemy unit and not negated. Have that unit's move characteristic until the start of your next hero phase. That's pretty solid. Pretty nice. I mean, if you got a couple of ones in there, it, honestly, the the move thing might be more beneficial than the chip damage because yeah. you can you know slow everybody down. Just slow everybody down so that it makes it a lot easier for you to kind of position yourself and you don't have to worry about people getting in your face. Yeah. The other, uh, the alternative side of this is the favorable conditions. For each roll of a six, pick one different friendly sky vessel within 30 inches of this unit and visible to this unit. That sky vessel can make a normal move of D3 plus three. Thank goodness for that plus three. Yeah. <laughs> because otherwise, well, otherwise it's just a one. Here's a, oh, I rolled a bunch yeah. of sixes and here's a one. <laughs> but if you remember previously, there was the, uh, there's the one where it allows you to like re-roll the yeah. either navigator stuff. So you can actually just like re-roll the dice that didn't do like anything that's like a two through five, right? Basically. And you just yeah. re- re-roll those to try and get the ones or the sixes. But if you roll a bunch of ones like I'm going to, you get to do damage to your enemies. If you roll sixes, then you're probably, I mean, really only have to roll like one or two, maybe three to get to move all of your sky vessels. I kind of want the ones. More. I kind of want I the ones I feel like the too. ones are actually better. The ones better. are actually better. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a weird, it's a weird way that they kind of change that, but I like it. It's neat. 
And Look at this fucking nerd. And then there's the nerd. <laughs> Here's the code right. So this I is do the, like this model. This is the it's a neat model at a brand new brand new unit. I look so, forward to painting yours. Uh, I too look forward to you painting mine. Or, or I maybe, have to build maybe them Justin first. should have that one because it's it looks like a lot of little. Oh, there's words. Yeah, Justin should have to paint so that. many books. I don't want to have to paint words on a book. Um. So his uh. He's five wounds, four inch move, three up save, eight bravery. I right? think, yeah, there's not a hero that doesn't have a three up save until you get to the chemist. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I like that. The saves are pretty saves are pretty solid yeah. on these guys now. Uh, he has two different attacks. He has a missile weapon and he has a melee weapon. His either shot pistol is a 12 inch range. It's two attacks, threes and threes, minus one, one damage. Pretty simple. Okay. <laughs> and then the battle tome, which is one inch range, one attack, threes and fours, and no rend, D3 damage. Yeah, at which point you actually pick up the actual, actual battle tome and smash the model on the table with it. Yeah. So he's got two different abilities, which kind of neat. Right? Yeah. He has an advisory role, which is at the start of your hero phase, if this unit is within six inches of another friendly carriage and overlord's hero, roll two dice. For each four up, you receive one command point. That's pretty nice. Seems nice because this army does look like it needs a lot of command points. Correct. You're going to want them for giving yourself plus one to hit on your shootings, and then probably plus one to save in your combats, and then all, all the, the other com command points that you need to use. Yeah, for all the command abilities your other guys can do to do stuff. Yeah, you want... I I don't know if he's an auto-include, but that unto its own. Depending on his price, which is uh, 90. Okay. So, yeah, right. Well, depending on this next ability, he may be kind of like an auto-include. He's getting... He's close. Kind of depends. It depends on it depends on the flavor of armor. Like, yeah. I don't think you're gonna bring him in Barknar because you're already gonna be generating command points. But yeah. in some of the other ones, and you're like, oh well, if I'm a little hero light. But yeah, if yeah. you bring in three ironclads, that actually might work because you're gonna want them to all be able to do different fun different things. Command yeah. Stuff. yeah. Uh, so the next thing is you can. I think you'll find. Um, which is actually, the, yeah, <laughs> this is the um actual rule. You can carry out the following heroic action with this unit instead of any other heroic action you can carry out with it which is search for precedent. So roll a die. On a one, nothing happens. On a two or three, you can pick a new footnote to apply to your army until the end of the battle. On a four up, you can pick a new footnote and or a new amendment to apply to your army until the end of the battle. You cannot pick a footnote or amendment previously picked for your army. The new footnote or amendment replaces your current one. Now, yeah. if you might remember from the amendments and the footnotes, uh, the footnotes especially were once per battles. Mm -hmm. So you could get that, like burn your footnote as your once per battle, and then roll a die, and he's going to give you a new one to also then burn some yeah. sometime throughout the battle. It's not bad. No, it's actually it's pretty cool. I, I like the idea of in a tournament you hastily... Um, actually, you know what? You just bring a different uh, printout of your army for everyone. And then when your opponent is like, hey, wait a minute, your army list says you brought this thing. You're like, no, actually, this was the correct army list. And you just keep pulling them out and stacking them every time you change. Yeah, and then the next one is the Endron Master, which is really just the, he's the guy on foot. So yeah. there's the dirigible suit version, and there's the guy that's just on foot. You you're know, basically going to grab this guy, uh, and you're going to stick him in a ship. He's the and only guy that ship. forgot to bring a gun. He did forget to bring a gun. <laughs> in the gun army. You know, he and he lost it, because he used to have a shooting attack. Yeah, where, what? The gaze of Grugnai is gone. Yeah, because that, that was like his laser eyes, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was like or laser eyes yeah. stuff, and now he's huh. just like... Just a, just to have a normal attack, but he's I mean it's still good because he heals like he I mean he just heals a ship right yeah if so, he's on it yeah he he heals a ship three wounds if he's on the sky vessel that's he, nice so you stick him in there and then you're also gonna give your end riggers battle line if you grab him which you're probably gonna want to probably bring a pack of end riggers at least to do one battle line or if you're me just use end riggers as battle line period yeah it's I like his cranked up the power thing yeah the II captain thing. 
Um, Which is like, is, oh no, my ship's about to die. Not today. Yeah, is a, is a new ability for him too. So I guess we should read that one since it's a new thing. At the uh, start of your hero phase, if this unit is embarked and has not yet used its Endered Master ability, which is the one where it allows you to heal, um, you can say that this unit will attempt to crank up the power, and if you do so, roll a dice on a one, the transport vessel in which this unit is embarked suffers D3 mortal wounds, and the Endered Master ability cannot uh, be used by this unit in, that, in this phase. But on a two-up... Until the end of the turn, you can use the top row of that transport vessel's damage table, regardless of how many wounds it has suffered. So you find can do, it top strength, basically. Find it top strength, and it doesn't say that you can't then use the Endermaster ability if you have the if you get the two up. You just can't use it if you get the before one before you do the yeah. right because they're both at the start, so you would decide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that's check it. Out. And the Ironclad, like it doesn't profile terribly. Um, right, you lose. Board, bomb racks and boarding boarding robbers, who cares? But you like you lose bomb racks. The move is what hurts the move you. the move is what hurts, especially because with the way that the bomb racks work now, it's different from how it used to be. Oh wait, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. So this changes on two of the end of the top row of the vessel's damage table. Well, that would be yeah. Okay, so I am looking at that right. It's yeah. the damage table for profiling. Okay, so like it's if you're oh if your ironclad is just really about to die and you've got a four inch move on that sucker, which means it's not going to be able to get it. Not going to be able to escape. You can go ahead and do this. Hopefully, crank up the power. Get out of there, yeah. Then heal, and like just keep that thing alive in like another set of yeah. circumstances type of stuff. He seems pretty useful to have. Yeah, I mean, I, there's a really I can think of very few instances where you will not have at least one Ender Master. You might bring two. I was gonna say because they don't they don't not stack. Correct. So yeah, cool. I like that. <laughs> I do um, think it's silly he lost his gun though. Maybe yeah. he put it down somewhere. So sad. Uh, the Aether Chemist. Um, the Aether Chemist got worse. Oh, this this was my favorite one, I think, to paint because he has the little vacuum cleaner. Yeah, he, like, he's still nice, but you're not gonna bring like before. It was always like, oh, you bring the Aether Chemist because you want to do spell in a bottle. Well, spell uh. in the bottle is worse, so now you're really not bring him for that. And his best ability you don't get to use when he's embarked. Because his best ability is the Atmospheric Isolation, which yeah. is subtract one from hit rolls for attacks made by enemy models while they're within three inches of any friendly units with this ability that are not embarked. So he has to be out of the ship. Yeah, and that's the same thing with his, at the start of the shooting phase, uh, his Aether Augmentation. If he's not embarked, you can pick a Skyfarer's unit that's also not embarked and wholly within 12 and improve their rend by one. That one's okay, but the guy that has to not be in the ship is the only one with a four-up save in the entire book. And all so he's the, and the he, weaker one. Right, and he only has a four-inch move. So if you're, like, flying your ships all around, or you're flying your dudes all around, you're asking a dude to run around behind them and try and keep up. This guy, I think this is where you plan on abandoning 30 of your children and this guy on a point, and then you'll maybe pick them up uh, after you go to the movies. Right. And maybe they're alive. Yeah, hopefully they're <laughs> hanging out still alive there, and they're just, you know, picking some dudes off with some with some range attacks. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, I mean, he's just not... He's lost all the good stuff. He's not. He's just not as sexy as the other ones. Yeah. Not, not, he's like the, the hero that you're probably least likely to take. And then you have uh, Bjorn and Thundrick. I don't think anything has changed on him. I never brought him because I also don't own the model. I was going to say, I don't own them either. I have most of the Underworld's things. I don't know that I've seen that on a shelf in a long time. I can't say that I have either. He's one of the more older ones. He wasn't like... More older. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's getting late into the night. Yeah, it is. It was... um, He's one of the... like Not the first season, but like the second season, I think. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense. He's a little harder to find. Uh, And then there's Thundrick's Profiteers. Uh, Same thing. He's going to be... If you have Bjorn Thundrick... Then you're going to have the Thunderix Profiteers going along with them. If you can find them, I don't think they're terrible to bring No, along. they look okay. They're, they're not bad as far as their... 
their profiles go. The guys have a ward of four up, um, and he can do toxic gases, which is uh, blah, 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 number of models in the unit within six inches. So he can do like a five up cloud burst thing to do yeah. some damage. Um, he can issue commands to his own guys without his command point being spent. Good. I don't want to spend a command point on your four guys, yeah. dude. <laughs> your like, your terrible set of <clears throat> terrible set of guys. But yeah, yeah, like I don't want to bring them, but yeah, that's all right. Cool. It's fine. They're cool models. Yeah. And then we get to the Arcanaut Company, which have a multitude of different profiles, but I think we're stuck in this now. Like, we don't get a choice. Like, yeah. We, because of the way that you originally had to, like, because of the way the Arcanaut Company were originally built, we are never going to be able to escape this terrible series of things where, like, one in every ten is this, one in every ten is this, one in every ten is this. You you run the risk of getting too many profiles until the next edition. There's one that says, various guns and shit. <laughs> Uh, threes and threes, rend one, damage one. Yeah, just, I don't to, know. just to simplify. Ten of them. Um, but the Arcanaut Company are the only thing that are natively battle line. Um, but there's a lot of other ways to get other units in battle line. Yeah. So you bring an Arcanaut Company if... There's well, objective grabbers. If they're, they're objective grabbers. They're also hilariously... Um, yeah, so they have a, their new thing, because they used to attack like monsters better, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but now their new thing is uh, Glory Seekers. While this unit is not embarked, Add one to hit rolls for attacks made by this unit that target a unit contesting an objective. So you want to drop them on an objective and have them try to shoot somebody off the objective, right? But they are one, wo- but they are one wound each, and they are four up save. Yeah, and and you'll increase yes. the rend on them with the other guy that you brought to hopefully make this work, and it'll get a little better. And if it's a uh, monster with the sky hook, which I assume some <laughs> oh god one in every ten can replace their correct. Da- I don't know. You can get at least one sky hook, maybe two. I don't know how it works. Um, but the, that's a damage character because three if it's targeting a monster. Uh, the sky hook is a one attack, four and three negative two rend, d three damage normally. Okay, cool. It's pretty solid on a monster hit, but yeah. like the, I don't know. They're, they're listen. They're ninety points. Okay. Yeah, they're ninety points 90? for uh, hundred. Sorry. 100, yeah. They're, they, they're 100 I points. They, I think they were 90 points at one point in time. They, they should have, be they 90 have, points. They have changed, the Arcanaut Company have changed points so many times. Because I think they were I originally started like 120. Yeah. And then they were like, mm, 90 points because nobody brought them because they were terrible. And then they are like back at 100 because now they're kind of being brought for like rend boosts and damage boosts that they can sometimes get on some stuff. Yeah, but, and you can make them count for two uh, with that yeah, one thing. So, so like, they're not like the worst anymore. No. But yeah. Maybe you drop like a big... 30 pack on an objective and just that's yeah if your opponent has the time and the, the gumption they can peel through they can it peel through that which probably they will be able to because they're not great <laughs> <laughs> and then there we get to the ships here's the fun part here's here's where the army shines right so you have your arcana ironclad um most of the profile for the ironclad has stayed the same but there are a couple of different things uh we'll just run through it because this is, i mean the, the ironclad and the figure are the two most probably important models in your army yeah i would think so yeah this yeah. army yeah your centerpieces determine a lot of the game right so profile for the ironclad uh it has a variable move uh depending on its on its profile 10 down to four <laughs> <laughs> i love when they get a move smaller than their own base yeah uh wounds 20 that's solid good three up save Good. Eight bravery. No, it's a one. Mo- it's one unit. I don't think it really matters. But everything. Mentioned. Everything sure. has to have a bravery. <laughs> um, it has multiple different weapons on it, right? So you're going to have either sh- either shot carbines, either shot torpedoes, and then one of three big guns, which is either going to be a great sky cannon, a great sky hook, or a great volley cannon. So the either shot carbines, twelve inch range, eight attacks, threes and threes minus one, two damage each. Cool. Excellent. That's pretty solid, actually. Yeah. <laughs> 
Aethershock Torpedoes, 24 inches, 4 attacks, 4s and 3s, minus 1 rend, D3 damage each. Excellent. Okay. The Great Sky Cannon has one of two options that you can shoot on it, right? You have to elect before you do your shooting yeah. which one you're going to use. Shotgun so you or shell, basically. Yeah. Shrapnel or shell. So 12 inches on the shrapnel, uh, 6 attacks, 3s and 3s, minus 1, 2 damage each. Shell, 24 inches, 2 attacks, 4s and 2s, minus 2, D3 plus 3. What a weird profile. Fours and twos. Yeah. I'm so nervous when I see a profile like <laughs> that. Fours and twos. It's like, oh, I gotta, no, uh, don't give me the one up front that I'm just going to fail. The nice nice thing, you pretty easy to get those pluses to your hit. And to re-roll guy. it. And to re-roll you, it. If you fail that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Great Sky Hook is a 24-inch range. Two attacks, fours and twos, minus two, D6 damage. The Great Sky Hook has a... Different thing because the damage characteristic of this unit's Great Sky Hook is six if it's attacking a monster. Yeah. And if it hits, uh, you can also snag it, and then that monster cannot carry out monstrous rampages on like a four up. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Really neat. Turn off a roar or something like that. Yeah. And then finally, the Great Volley Cannon, which is an 18 inch range. It's 4d6 attacks. Not 46, but 4d6. 4d6. <laughs> threes and threes minus one, one damage each. Well, which is could be a Great or terrible? I would never pick that one because <laughs> I'm just going to... How watch. lucky do you feel? Here's these three attacks I'm going to fail. <laughs> uh, I'd rather fail the big scary ones, yeah. so at least I get to watch my opponent be like, oh, no. Uh, and then that's <clears> it. Yeah. And then the uh, boarding weapons, which is variable, goes from eight to five. It's fours and fours, no run, one damage each. Yeah. You, if you're hitting people with the boards, things have gone horribly wrong. Yeah, if this, if this is in melee, <clears throat> I mean, obviously you're shooting everything you're in melee with, too, because mm-hmm. of how the game works. So, like, it's not terrible. But also, that's not going to do anything yeah. in the combat phase you're at not, all. You're not looking for that to do anything. Uh, it counts for five on objectives. So they finally got the, you count for more now, because you're not, Yeah. you know, because they didn't have a monster keyword. They didn't have a hero keyword, but it's a big-ass ship. Yeah, and it just counted for one for the longest time. Now it counts for five. Yeah, I remember. Hooray! I remember the the mini games we played where I easily defeated you by just I don't know bringing more models. Yeah, just just bringing models, some plague bearers on stuff, and going, ah, oh, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, you I'm can- gonna I'm gonna go. Well, I'm killing you, but I uh, am losing because I can't control any objective because I don't have enough models to actually contro- to contest objectives. And you have to kill enough of me by turn three to drop everybody out and cap enough points to get back up from that zero score yep. you've got for two turns. Yeah. So it's a little bit. We're a little bit better in the early game now. Um, the next bit is this is the bomb racks, right? The supremacy. Mo- oh, bomb racks. Sorry. Bomb, so bomb racks have changed, right? So, bomb racks, the way this works now is that after this unit finishes a normal move or a run, you can pick one enemy unit that this unit passed across and roll a number of dice equal to the bomb racks value shown on this unit's damage table. For each four up, that enemy unit suffers one mortal wound, but it does not affect enemy units that can fly. So, solid. You get to kind of fly over some things, drop some mines on them, and do some stuff. The only thing I would think of is that with a starting 10 inch, if you don't do the things to give it that extra four inches and knowing that your base is so huge, it might be kind of hard to do a normal move that goes over a unit entirely. That's why I was thinking, I think this is maybe like when you've got the one or two guys from a previous yeah. unit left over. Yeah, I think you can see yourselves kind of like, the way this is going to kind of work is that if you're like you're kind of angling yourself, you want to be on like one or two, like one of the sides of, mm-hmm. the, of a unit. So that way you can kind of do the old like swing your butt like yeah. across because you just have to cross them. That's true. You just want to move in and then back out of the unit. Yeah. So you just go boop and then back or yeah. boop and then over, and then you get to drop your and you get to drop your bombs. And your Which, bomb racks are anywhere from ten to like stops starts at ten and then moves down to four. 
So, 10 chances, like, on average, you're going to get five mortal wounds at top pro- at top profile on yeah. that. Yeah, and I guess if you've got this within three inches of an enemy and you are intending to shoot them, do this, and then charge them, because you can move, because if you, let's see, you got 10-inch move, so it's going to take six inches if you're outside of three to walk up and touch somebody and then walk back three inches. Yeah. So you've got the movement to do that little, like, swing in. Nope, just kidding, and then you charge in and, and do yeah. your, your boarding actions stuff. Yeah. <laughs> then you hit them with a stick. Then you hit them with a stick. If anything is left at that point. Yeah. And then finally, there's Supremacy mi- supremacy Mind, which is just a once-per-battle um, thing now. So at the end of the enemy charge phase, you can say that this unit will drop its Supremacy Mind, and if you do so, pick one enemy unit within three inches of this unit and roll a dice. On a two-up, that enemy unit suffers a number of mortal wounds equal to the roll. You know, between with this and the last word, I don't want to end Unleash Hell. I don't want to charge this no, unit. No, it's a really I do not nasty... Want to charge it. <laughs> it's a really nasty model to charge. You have a screen that is also your centerpiece in this, <laughs> in this army, because, like, you don't want to have to charge it. Whatever you hit it with is going to be annihilated by the Unleash Hell. And if it isn't, it's going to be annihilated by the mine. And if it isn't, it's the amount of things that this thing can do to not have to fight something in combat yeah. is smart. If, if this thing is in melee combat, it is probably lost. Yes. But that's okay because hopefully if it is in melee combat, you've done enough damage to whatever has gotten into melee combat that you can probably get out of melee combat and continue on firing yeah. off lots and lots of shots. Yeah. So then we move to the frigate, which has now become everyone's favorite model. It's uh, I like it because it, it has a home now. Yeah, ha- it has a reason for existing. It is not just baby ironclad. Yeah, frigate is now. Uh, I'm gonna take this thing and I'm gonna ram it down your throat. Exactly, so, and uh, also the frigate. And also the frigate. So the frigate is a 12 inch move. Uh, so already better than the ironclad on its movement. Uh, it's 15 wounds. It's a three up save and it's an eight bravery. Uh, it also has so it has the either shot carbines. So 12 attacks. Or sorry, not 12 attacks. 12 inch oh. range, 4 attacks, 3s and 3s, minus 1, 2 damage each. <coughs> very good. Right? Just less attacks, but still very solid. And then one of two choices on the heavy weapon, which is either the Sky Cannon or the Heavy Sky Hook. Um, the shrapnel shot for them is just 5 attacks, 3s and 3s, minus 1, 2 damage each. And the uh, shell is 2 attacks, 4s and 2s, minus 2, D3, three, D3 plus 2 damage. Um... Skyhook is two attacks, fours and threes, minus two, D6 damage. And the same thing, it can snag a monster and it has a six. So it's the same, sky, the same Skyhook as same sky the hook. other one. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, well, I mean, besides the fours and twos. Yeah, so it's... It's, it's a little It's worse. a little worse because the wound is one more. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. Whatever. It's still nice to still, still shoot nice. a Gargant in the face with. Yeah. Uh, it can carry 12 sky, uh, sky fares. But now it's got a... <laughs> Got an ass- uh, it's on. called an assault I, boat. As someone who puts together weird-ass cities armies, I do want to call out the, trans- the second sentence of the transport vessel thing because it wasn't in the uh, explanation of how this works, but I found it really interesting. If this unit is part of an army that is not a carriage and overlord's army, it can still use the Skyfleet's battle trait. Yes. That's kind of cool. Like, it makes more sense to ally them in because you don't lose the ability to put people in it. <laughs> right. Which would be like, why would I do that then? Yeah. yeah. That's kind of cool. It is, it is very neat. I... 100%. I might want to borrow one to ally it in and just yeah, throw just a bunch of engine riggers out of it and see what happens. See what happens. Yeah. Um, so this is now an assault boat, right? This is its new ability. After this unit finishes a charge move, you can pick one enemy unit within one inches of this unit and roll a number of dice equal to the ramming dice value on this unit's damage table. For each four up, that enemy unit suffers one mortal wound, and then you can pick any friendly units embarked in this unit 
to disembark. Mm-hmm. Units that disembark in this way must be within three inches of an enemy unit and count as having made a charge move. In addition, in the following combat phase, the strike first effect applies to units that disembarked in this way. Boy, I've just found a weird rules interaction with like, so it counts as having made a charge move, but I guess the Tusk Helm is just like a standard D3 or something. This yeah. is the one where I was like, I guess technically, if you've got a hero in there and he has that thing that on a charge he does damage, he, this thing hits the person, it hits the army, and then that guy comes sailing out like an unsecured seatbelt child of the 1970s <laughs> through a windshield and just smashes head first into a guy. Yeah. I like it. That's really neat. I know it's such a stupid, such a stupid visual thing. that I love. Yeah. And the ramming dice value is anywhere, for, it's top profile is eight, and it goes down to five. Yeah. Okay. Solid. That's cool. Like, I like that you got a kind of a melee ship a little yeah. bit. Also counts as five models for the purposes of contesting objectives. So the same as the ironclad. Really nice. Very nice. Thank you. You can yeet this thing into, into an, really into an objective and it will actually like count yeah. for stuff. And like we were talking about, if you yeet it into some stuff, unless it's loaded up with uh, Argonaut Company or something, uh, it just says that you have to set them up within three inches of the enemy unit. But if you've angled it correctly, you can make your opponent not able to put a lot of attacks into the Arcanaut company, and you've got a big three-up, save 15-wound screen sitting on that objective while your company, yeah, they're in melee, but maybe you just retreat them and kind of hang around the back of the ship the next turn, and yeah. you're just counting on that objective. That's it. They kind of get around this big boat. Yeah. And they also have the bomb racks. So fly them over. And so really, you can take this unit and then fly it over and do like a little tag, do a, bomb ra- do a bomb rack drop, then charge it to do the assault boat drop, and then... You drop a d- bunch of dudes out of it. So, <laughs> so, so the visual of what happened is the enemy commander's standing on the ground, and all of a sudden this boat comes in, and they're like, oh, God, it's going to hit us, it's going to hit us. And then it just starts to turn, and they're like, oh, phew. And then a bunch of bombs fall out of it and kill a bunch of people. And then they're like, oh, all right, all right, we know that's what it's going to do next time. Next time when it comes around, it's going to drop bombs on us. It's set. And the next time they come around, like, we're ready for it. And it just smashes into the front lines, <laughs> launches the dwarf bullet out of the front windshield. I like this. It's just stupid enough to work. <laughs> It is. It's just, and you're like, from a perspective of like, well, we got enough of them with the bombs. What are we going to do now? Hit them with the ship. Hit them with the ship. Drive me closer so that I can punch them. And I do like that one of your models at least has the little guy in the top holding a sword so that he can actually punch people from his ship. Uh huh. Uh huh. And then we have the smallest boat, which is the Grunstock Gun Hauler. 12 inch move, uh, 10 wounds, 3 up save. Seven bravery. I think that's actually an improvement on the save characteristic of the gun hauler. I think they were originally four. I want to say they were fours. Yeah. Yeah. So now they're three up. That's much better. Yeah. I like gun haulers. Uh, I do too. They have uh, either shot carbines. They have two attacks: threes and threes, minus one, one damage each. And then the option of either the sky cannon or a drill cannon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sky cannon shrapnel or shell force uh, four attacks and the shrapnel threes and threes, minus one, two damage each. Shell two attacks, fours and twos, minus two, d three plus one. That's, I mean, that's pretty solid. Like, yeah. for a little unit that's going to zip around and do a lot of little shooting damage here and there, your opponent's going to have to really pay attention to what's what's close to death. Yeah. One of these things can fly up and pick something off from a pretty decent distance. Yeah. And can just kind of be a general nuisance. Also, I hate the drill cannon. I mean, the drill cannons are great. I just hate them because that was how the, that old army oh, style yeah. worked, where it was like, okay, I'm just going to roll. Oh, I rolled four uh, sixes. Cool. You took nine. It was like, oh, great. Yeah, it was just an insane amount the, dr- the drill cannon thing is like, it's good. Yeah. So, because the drill cannon is uh, it's 24 inch range, first off. It's one attack, threes and threes, minus three, D3 damage. Solid. 
But if the unmodified hit roll for an attack made with a drill cannon is five plus, mm-hmm. it just causes three mortal wounds and that attack sequence ends. Yeah, that's that's good, and I hate it. Yeah, I, <laughs> because you just run a couple of these things and just have them all with drill cannons. Well, let's see if you've got an army of all of them, and that's all you brought. <laughs> that's all you're you playing brought. a dice game. Might as well just crank just, it up and hope you got Vegas odds. <laughs> <laughs> just there we go. Just 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 going nuts. Um, they also get to do. You know, the bomb runs. So they have the bomb racks. Uh, there's they to give wards to your ship. And they do, and they give a ward to the ship. Because your 20 wound ironclad on a three up definitely needed a yeah. ward. Um, That's the part where yeah, they fly in between them and Grunt die. Gunner, Holler, we'll have, yeah, the, so friendly sky vessels other than the Grunstock Gun Hauler have a, have a six up ward while they are within three inches of any friendly Grunstock Gun Haulers, which is. That's Solid. what I was talking about earlier, where they just fly in between. They sacrifice themselves to take out yep. uh, for the co- for the love of money. They're willing to die. Oh, and then also they have a, a head in full, which is the once per battle start of your movement phase. You can say that this unit will move full ahead, and if you do so, you add six to its move characteristic in that phase, which is really nice if you need to like get some stuff out in the early, like to kind of like. <laughs> Just kind of res- yeah. well, restrict movement, really. I'm just, not, I'm just like, noticing that you could just do this on every uh, single one that you brought. Yeah. So your whole army just has an 18-inch. Just one turn, you go, wee, wee. And just yappy sacks all <laughs> over the board. Just like, and hooray! And scatter! <laughs> I like that. Um, then we move on to the Thunders. The Thunders are kind of the same. They're, thunders are such a mess of a model, like of a unit, because you have the option yeah. of either running them with either shot rifles or this mess of things that are alternative options, right? Um, Thank goodness for that uh, two-wound, three-up save, though. Yes. They'll finally stick they around long enough They're finally going to, to stick, stick around long enough. So they have a bunch of different weapon options. You have a Fumigator, which is D6 attacks. To hit is C below. <laughs> <laughs> um, threes to wound, no rend, one damage each. The Deck Sweeper, which is five attacks. Threes and fours, minus one, one damage each. Either cannon, which is one attack, threes and twos, negative two rend, three damage each. And the Grunstock Mortar, which is 18 inches, attacks C below. Yes. It's up to five. Uh, threes and threes, no rend, one damage each. I like the discrepancy that always happens in these games where they talk about, because in one of the lore things, they were talking about the Deck Sweeper. And they were like, this thing will clear an entire bulkhead of an ironclad <laughs> of every single person standing on it, leaving only a bloody mass of, you know, wake. It obliterates an entire unit. Uh, five attacks, uh, five attacks, threes and fours, running one, one damage. <laughs> yeah. It's like oh, okay. That's yeah, like that's yeah, all right. Um, so the the choking fugue, or choking fug, I guess. I guess fugue, fug, fugue. I, I thought it was fugue, but apparently it's fug. Um, <laughs> so the attacks made with an aether fumigator uh, automatically hit. You do not make a roll. So that's the to hit is C below. They just it's hit. gas. Yeah. Uh, you can pick one enemy unit within three inches of a model in this unit that is armed with an aether fumigator. On on a if you do so. Roll a dice on a two-up. That enemy unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. So, yeah. not terrible. That's not, as long as that guy's in that unit, you're going to probably get D3 mortal wounds on them after the combat phase. Yeah. Um, the explosive shells is just, it goes up to five. It's basically the Grunstock Mortar attacks profile is equal to the number of models in the target unit, up to five. Done. Yeah. Suppressing fire. This is where this unit is actually interesting. <laughs> so... Each time this unit shoots, after all of its attacks have been resolved, if every model in this unit shot and targeted the same enemy unit, you get to roll 2d6 mm-hmm. and add the number of wounds caused by those attacks that were allocated to that enemy unit and not negated. Okay, hold on. I've got both my spreadsheets out now. I'm yep, figuring right. this out. All right. So if you've done wounds and they haven't been negated, yeah. and, you, and, you all, and you 
targeted just all this, all the attacks went into this thing, right? If the score exceeds that enemy unit's bravery characteristic, it is suppressed and until the start of your next hero phase. You subtract one from hit rolls for attacks made by a unit that is suppressed. A unit not, cannot be suppressed more than once at the same time. This is the most convoluted way to put minus one to hit on a unit that I think I've seen in this game so far. Yeah. I know why they wrote it this way, because what they don't want is for you to have, like, oh, I have, like, a 15-pack of Grunstock Thunderers or a 10-pack of them, and to split those attacks so that you can put minus one onto everything. Yeah, you don't want to be able to suppress, like, three or four units. <laughs> right. You know. So it's just one unit that you can suppress because you've put all of your attacks into them, and you just have to have wounds get through, and then you roll 2d6 and get better than the bravery characteristic. It's... One of the reasons that everything has a bravery characteristic, and they don't just say line. Yeah, because uh, yeah, there's that. There's like spells and stuff. Yeah, spells and stuff like that. But it but is it is funny. It's uh, it's almost more hilarious to think about the fact that like I've seen you just whip an entire unit of thunderers yeah. before, like just straight just up the straight whole the whole thing. The guns were loaded with like rubber bullets yeah. and candy or something. But if I roll that two d six, I'm still higher than bravery characteristic. At least I did something. Yeah, yeah. If, if as not, long as you get one wound, you gotta get just one, one little damage on somebody. One. Yeah, just gotta get. Actually, I shouldn't even have to get one. I just have to get. I just have to roll higher, because you just get to add if you any of the wounds yeah, go through. True. You just get to add it to the roll. <clears throat> that's true. So yeah, you can, the suppressing fire is well. They've all missed, but I'm still scared. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's so many bullets whizzing above me. I'm behind a rock, so they haven't hit me. I but. guess if you're in a, one of the many cultures in this game that a bullet or a gun would be just absolutely insanity to you, yeah, then that that's might fair. make sense. That's you're fair. like, I don't know what's happening, but their sticks are making noises, yeah. and I hurt now. <laughs> Very terrifying. And they got the bird. You you turn the page. And you didn't talk about the drill. The bill. drill bill doesn't really matter. If they're if they're a melee combat, they, something has gone horribly wrong with your thunderers. Yeah, that's oh that's very true. I just like the drill bill yeah. model. It, he's he, way better in yeah. soulbound. He's a he's what a five, five up and he does more wound. Yeah, neat. Peck, but once again, the description for it is that it like in the lower part is it like bury it just basically drills into a person entirely, exploding their torso. Yeah, five up one more. <laughs> five up. <laughs> One more wood. Endron Riggers. These are the balloons without mines. Yes. They're the ones that are going to be fixing your ships. They, you will have them probably, you'll probably have a pack of three of them on near every ship that you have because you just want to keep the ships alive a little bit better. Um, mm -hmm. Their attacks are fine. Like the rapid fire rivet guns are nice because there's three attacks, threes and fours, minus two rend, one damage each. I'm yeah, trying to figure can... out why you would ever build one with a volley gun now. Because the volley gun used to be nice. Like, that used to be, like, one of the ones that you were like, yeah, let's go with a volley gun. And now it's kind of like, oh, I'll just do the one with the drill launcher, and then I'll just have the other two with rapid-fire rivet guns. Yeah, I guess the the things that you can do to give Ren, well, no, that wasn't for them. Well, it, then could, I it could be. I guess I guess maybe then. You're like, you're going to hope that 2d6 is nice and you got a lot of little shots. I, you're right, though. I was That's what I was like, kind of squinting over here. I was like, I'm just going to take two rivet guns and one of the skyhook grapnel launcher yeah, things. Yeah, it's like gra grapnel launcher, skyhook, or drill launcher. Yeah. Just one of those combinations. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they heal. I, that's the biggest thing is that they, that's what they, they do. do the healings, man. Because their healing now on the emergency field repairs is once per turn at the end, at the end of any phase. This is important. That is very important. End of any phase, if this unit is more than three inches from all enemy units, you can say this unit will carry out emergency field repairs. If you do so, pick one friendly sky vessel within three inches of this unit. It used to be one inch, it's now three inches. Uh, and roll a dice for each model in this unit. Each of these rolls is called a field repairs roll. For each four or five, you can heal one wound allocated to that sky vessel. For each six plus, you can heal two wounds. So you have a potential of six wounds being healed on a small three pack. Yeah. You could have none. 
<laughs> it's very, very possible. Very possible. But you could. You mean you're probably gonna get some. You're probably gonna get at least. Let's see if it's a three pack. If you bring six, you know, it's, it's a, a reinforced unit. You know, you kind of it's half like half of them are gonna work statistically. Yeah. So if well, if you figure this puts what two wounds back. Yeah. Just to say even two wounds on a low average. But then you've also got one of the other guys in there that's putting three wounds back. You know, so yeah. you've got mo- you're basically healing during the turn. It's not quite as nasty as Trog's never stopping yeah. regenerating, but it kind of is that same thing. That's like it's you're going to have to focus you because otherwise you're going to scoot away, heal up, and it'd be yeah. really hard to pin down and shoot. Which is how KO should kind of feel. Yeah, you know they should. Fe- and the fact that it's at any phase, like it's just once per turn at the end at the end of any phase. So in a turn, I mean, actually that so because it's not a round, so it's a turn. Mm-hmm. So I can do it in my turn and your turn. Yeah, yeah, which and, is freaking awesome. And doing it, um, if you're shoot, if you're already outside of three and you got the hero phase, then try it again on your opponent's turn. But also, it lets you. It doesn't immediately preclude you from doing it if you're in combat because mm-hmm. it's not something that's like at the end of the combat phase or at the end of the shooting phase where if you just happen to be stuck in once again, you got some corpse dogs next to you and you can't yeah. get away from them. This lets you have the chance to shoot them all off and then heal. And then heal. Yeah. yeah. You have there's some utility about when this when this healing can go off. Doesn't just have to be a hero phase ability anymore, which is nice. Yeah, it's really, really nice. I like the grapnel launcher because of the 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 look. I don't know the lore, the the feel oh, of it. Yeah. I guess the, feel of it, <laughs> the sure. style of it. But it just the um. So what it does is it. I'll read it real fast. Uh, if you have a grapnel launcher, uh, once per battle at the end of your movement phase, you can reel itself towards an object. You pick a point on the battlefield within 15 of this unit and on a terrain feature. You remove the unit and set it up within three inches of that point. So it's like a little mini teleport, yeah. but it's the reverse scorpion thing. They're like, get over there! <laughs> and then they just like, run. We're going to get over there! <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just that's kind of cool. Yeah. And what a neat thing that your opponent might not remember that this unit does that I don't know anything else that really does Yeah, it's, it's a strange one. You and can just that be could... like, you know what? I'm going to go... Woo! This I mean, way, <laughs> fifteen inches. That's not. That's a big. That's a big amount of the board. They got a twelve-inch move already, so that's essentially, if you had to, a twenty-seven-inch move you could pull off. Yeah, because you would move the twelve, and it doesn't say. Uh, oh, it doesn't say you couldn't run when you do yeah. it. So if you've auto guarantee that run, you got an eighteen-inch move, and then you're gonna go ahead and add another fifteen inches onto that. Like that's just the whole table at that point. Yeah. Like if you've got a terrain piece over there, they're gonna be over on that terrain piece. And you know what we, the coolest thing about that you could do is to back cap a point on somebody because they do fly. Yeah. So oh, you just, can just like eat your like you can be like, oh, I'm here, and now I'm actually gonna attach that terrain piece that's on your side, and then just pull myself over there. What was the Konami game? Was it Bionic Commando where you had the arm that you would use to grapple and like pull yourself around? It's like a like swing and stuff. Oh yeah, I was thinking of Earthworm Jim, but okay. Earthworm Jim was also very good. <laughs> uh, we cannot just talk about Earthworm Jim for the rest of this podcast because I really love Earthworm Jim. <laughs> Dude, I was so happy when they added that to the uh, to the Sega like classics on the. Yeah, and like, I, I forgot the... how hard that, that game, game was. That game is impossible. Oh my god, Earthworm Jim two. I don't think you could beat it. It's so difficult. <laughs> it's so hard. Uh, Earthworm Jim lives right in that little part of my brain that's like that. All real monsters. Yeah. Uh, Freakazoid. Do you uh, the Earthworm- and the tick. Do you remember the Earthworm Jim cartoon? Yeah, that, oh that was God, that, that car- was amazing to me. That yeah. was better to me than the game because I sucked at the game. Right, right. But I really liked the cartoon. Wasn't and Earthworm Jim also like made a he, he was in a he was in a lot of stuff for like the nineties briefly. Yeah, they licensed uh, that guy out to make as much money as possible. Yeah, before uh, everyone goes. I think Why was, are they talking about a character I've never heard of for twenty minutes? Wasn't wasn't he in? Uh, I think he was in one of the Clay Fighter games. He was yeah. Clay Fighter thirty two, thirty three and a half. Uh, no, 63 and, and f- 63 and a third. 63 and a third, yes. Yeah, 63 yes, and a third. Like, it's because like, it's, it's a 64 one, and they were like had to make a joke about yeah. it, because it was like, this is a shit fighting game. Because it's, it's Clay Fighter. Yeah, it's yeah Clay I Fighter. went back and played some of those They're old terrible. games <laughs> that you thought were fun. <laughs> They're not fun. <laughs> terrible. 
Primal Rage is all honestly garbage. Oh, I'm God. sorry that I put so much money into that as a kid, but it yeah. was it was guys be dinosaurs beating each other up. Yeah. So anyway, I was just gonna say that you could model a guy to have the bionic commando arm be and, neat. and pull himself around. <laughs> uh, I think Pitfall also same idea. Mechanic. Yeah, same idea. Yeah, yeah. 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 mechanic. Nice, like it. Yeah. Uh, and then the Sky Wardens, which the Sky Wardens are also, I mean, they're just better. They're oh, just... one one more thing. The oh, Ethermatic yeah. Saw on these guys. We should point out they have a pretty okay melee. Oh attack. yes. So their Ethermatic Saw, it's a uh, one inch range. Two attacks per model, threes and threes, Rin two damage D three. Yeah, that's it's, a pretty solid. It's one. honestly why I think a lot of times I'm just bringing them with the rapid fire rivet gun because if you bring the other weapons, you have to use the gun butt. Yeah. So you have to use the pistol in order to get the Aethermatic saw, and the Aethermatic saw is just good. I know pistol's not bad. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I kind of feel like that's your. You do that, and you just have one or two drill launchers. Just just for monsters. Or, yeah. Or the. Or the uh, grapnel launcher to yeet yourself across yeah, the table. Yeah, you have a little fun option to do yeah. that. I like this. And then we get to the, Sk- the Sky Wardens, who are also just great. Uh, the Vulcanizer pistol for them is uh, three attacks, threes and threes, minus one, one damage each. Um, so they're, they wound a little bit better, but their rend is a little bit worse. I actually almost would have rather kept them the same as the Enronriggers, because I like the extra rend more yeah. than anything else. Um, you have the option of giving them the Aethermatic Polygon, which is 2d6 attacks, 4s and 4s, no round, 1 damage each. I don't know why you would. It's the same thing as the other ones. You can yeah. give them a... So, essentially, you're looking at this going, well, the main weapon is still probably better, or at least somewhat more dependable yeah. than getting the other ones. But the real joy of these guys is the Skypike, which is the 2-inch range, 3 attacks, 3s and 3s, minus 1, 2 damage each. Yes. If you remember, there's a couple of different ways you can get that to 2s and 2s in some cases, mm-hmm. or, uh, you know... a Two and a three. Well, if they're know. hitting your unit that you grudged, then you're automatically adding the plus one to wound for yeah, everything. So just, you get, you're sitting on a three and two before you get into the fight. Yeah, just just all around very good. And a two inch range, which on those bases, like we said, you can angle them to where your opponent's not going to be able to hit back with as many units if you're fighting like mm-hmm. a horde or something. And then the best thing that they have been added to them is their timed charges. Mm-hmm. which is a new ability for them, and it's at the end of the combat phase, if this unit is within three inches of any enemy units, which they're going to be, you can say this unit will use its timed charges to make escape. If you do so, roll a dice, and on a two-up, you can pick one enemy unit within three inches of this unit to suffer D3 mortal wounds, and then this unit must retreat. So you drop the mines at the end of the combat phase, you do some damage, and then you're out of the combat phase. Or so, you're just out of combat. So I've got my frigate. Right, uh-huh. and I've got a bunch of these guys in there. Okay, mm-hmm. so I fly my frigate over them. I drop some bombs out of the frigate. Correct. I then turn. I do make an immediate U-turn and crash the frigate into the ground, killing as many people as possible. Correct. I launch Helmet Dwarf out of the frigate. Uh-huh. Okay. I then have these guys using the assault boat thing. Uh-huh. Be in the fight already. Yep. Okay, and then after they do all of their cool shit at the end of their combat phase, I roll a dice, and on a two up, they're fucking gone. They're fucking gone. And they move 12 inches. And oh, they have strike first. And they I have forgot. strike first. That's, they strike first. Nah. This is the unit where I, uh, this is why I texted you whatever hour it was, and <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, I really like this. This is yeah, cool. This is cool. I put together a combo on my own for an army I don't play. I <laughs> yeah. was really proud. It's, because I can't do that on the armies I do play half the time. Yeah. This army has, like, one of two ways that you're going to wind up playing it, really. It's going to be, if you bring an ironclad, you're going to sit and shoot. Mm-hmm. Or you're going to play freaking assault, uh, like, assault shock trooper the army, which is to have some frigates and... Yeet those frigates forward with some Sky Wardens in them, and then friggin' boat does stuff, Sky Wardens do stuff, Sky Wardens get out, and riggers that are behind the, the frigates 
healing the frigates that are in combat because the frigate is a long base. Yeah. So you can have that in combat and still have your ender riggers outside of combat, but still within three inches of your frigate. Yeah, and yeah. So, and probably because the sky vessel, um, yeah, because the sky vessel can be within combat, right? Yeah, yeah. Doesn't say the sky vessel has to be outside. Just them, but they're on the other them. side of that base. So they're, they're on already, the other side of it. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a weird thing of like you have like all these dudes in here, and then you drop them out. The boat does, yeah. The boat does stuff. Sky wardens are in the front, and riggers in the back. Then the sky wardens are in the back because they got a twelve inch retreat that they just did. And now the boat's in the front, the boat's doing stuff, but the end riggers are actually healing the boat, and the boat leaves. <laughs> and then the Sky Wardens do it again. And then you look over and you go, I've got three more frigates loaded up to yeah, do this. It's like, we're, I'm ready to rock and roll, baby. none Let's of this keep... used a once-per-game command ability or something you can't repeat, not, just not on that unit. Not a lick. Do you feel like, I feel like we've discovered, are we good at this, <laughs> at this army? Like, I feel like we discovered, like, a multi-piece thing that's not hard to put together. It's really not difficult to put together. I think this is, like, for for... Like, for you, if you want to play Carriage and Overlords, you go, I think I'm going to do this. I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the Skyport that gives me plus one to hit and wound. Mm-hmm. I'm going to freaking pack up, I'm going to pack up some frigates and I'm going to pack some Sky Wardens in there. And then I'm just going to, I'm just going to drop dudes and just let them go nuts. And let's see. And don't forget, you can give your frigates uh, certain things to like, uh, do more damage to enemy units that can fly if they're in the start of the combat phase. If you get an enemy unit that can fly and it's within six yeah. for the mythic sky mines. So if the unit you're hitting is flying, you can also do more damage to <laughs> yeah. them. You just have damage output. Yeah. Which is really good. Like it's a it's a good so it's odd that they kind of took carriage and overlords. because uh, we're at the end now. Like yes. there's there's a that's couple the of points. Yeah, that's the there's the points. Um you know. Uh and uh, the allies. Cities of Sigmar Dwarden units only. Mm. Uh, Fire Slayers and Stormcast Eternals. Okay, it's weird because I was like, oh, it's weird that you can't, you only have to bring Dwarden with them because being mercenaries, there's other mer. I don't know. Yeah, that one doesn't I don't quite get, line I don't up with the to, lore. Like, really bring as much stuff as I used to. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that you need to bring as much stuff. That's I feel true. like you really maybe Fire Slayers if you're doing the priest thing and you want to have that. Maybe a Stormcast person if you need. Like a pack of vindictors, if you just need to have somebody hold an objective and you yeah. know for two turns they're going to the, be there. Uh, the one that I had thought about is if you were actually going to bring a chemist um, and then have like a Stormcast wizard. So that way, you know, like you can cast the predatory on the spell, but then you have yeah. a Stormcast wizard that can also just do it. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's not a, a bad way. I'm trying to think of what would be the dumbest Stormcast. Dogs. Dogs. Just a bunch of dogs. Just a bunch birds. Of dogs. Well, you birds. could just put birds in the list. All the birds. <laughs> just birds and guys with guns. Yeah. Birds just getting in the way while you shoot them to death. Yeah, you shoot the birds too. I, I'm, I know that it would absolutely break the game, but I wish there was some rule that's like a battle trait or something you could put on here. Because like you said, we're at the end. This is the thing that I was really hoping I was going to find in this book that I didn't, but it's okay. I wanted the ability to load like a hero from another, like an ally hero into mm. a boat because I would love to have the boat fly in, do all that cool shit, and then all of a sudden comes Sir Dick Punch himself. <laughs> Bastion Carthos just pops out of the boat like, what's up, motherfuckers? <laughs> and just starts like whooping <laughs> Like going nuts. What an absolute nightmare of logistics. So the <laughs> amount of things you would have to figure out how to do of putting a hero in there. Like it'd have yeah. to be like, oh, it's five wounds under and like all that kind of stuff. But I was like, yeah, it'd be kind of cool. You could be like, you know, guest pass could be the name of the ability. <laughs> just put a, yeah. a fun guy in there. It's like, uh, yeah, just some sort of, oh, God, that would have been neat. It really would have been. Maybe we'll do that as like a narrative game. Yeah. We'll just allow that just to happen. Because it turns out, you know, you can just ignore this book and do whatever you want with it's your true. toys. 
That's the nobody this, can nobody can stop you. The secret line is yeah, you can do whatever you want. You yeah. can play this game however you want to. But if you choose to use this battle tome, uh, let's do final thoughts. I can give mine because I'm kind of just coming at this learning about it today. Yeah, go for it. Uh, I think it feels like. I didn't see anything game-breaking, which is one. There's a lot of damage, mm -hmm. but there's nothing game-breaking. And you still have the weaknesses of you don't want to be in melee. You do not want those uh, Petrifix uh, Mortec Guard to get on top of you and just continuously be. Like, you want to avoid the things you've always wanted to avoid. But you have a few more options to get away from them. But those options are not game-breakingly confusing as to what the hell Fly High does when you're interacting with two other things that start or stop those kind yeah. of abilities. The, the nicest thing for this book and where it's changed things is that I do not have nearly the number of things that I have to remember anymore. Yeah. Because if, like, Sky, like, uh, Fly High used to be a nightmare to remember because, uh, well, Fly High and Disengage because it was like, okay, how many wounds are on my Ironclad or my Frigate? Oh, do I heal before or I after heal I try to do this? Yeah, do I heal before yeah. or after? Do I, is there anything that's flying? Because flying, like, other flying units just to, used to turn off our stuff. Yeah. Um, and so that was like the trick. It's like, oh, we stick something that's big and flying, and then they can't move anywhere. And then you just let all your little dudes run up and beat the shit out of the boats. Didn't even have to be big and flying. I, just, I turned that off with birds. Yeah, it was just like, it here was you just go, freaking nightmare. For some reason, one parrot prevents you from doing this. Yeah. I don't know why. Um, so they fixed a lot of that, and they moved a lot of their abilities to like command, like to command point type stuff. Yeah, our command abilities, and there's just more options for things that you can do with the army. The skyports are less confusing. You have a lot more stuff that you actually have to remember, mm -hmm. but it's not as nearly as situational anymore. Like these are things that you will be able to just mark down at the beginning of your, your game and say, "These are the things that I chose." And then, and then you bring that one guy and go, "Um, actually, I didn't choose that. I yeah, chose this one." You're mistaken. Here's my real shit. Yeah. But you, just, uh, and then you're done. But then you don't have to worry about it because they're once because they're like once per game things. So it's like you did it, and then you just check it off. And yeah. then you move on, and then you move on with the rest of your game. But with with that though, nothing in here looking at this felt like spreadsheets of Nagash. No, like it didn't feel like I was going to have to do a lot of work to play this army because I'm kind of picking a lot. And if you really want to go simple, you can just pick the ones that are like add plus two to move, add plus one to wound, yeah. and, and then there you go. You just have a static buff across the whole army. You just you have options. What's and your options are nice. All right, we're going to do two more questions before we wrap this up. Yeah. You have no idea what these two questions are. Okay. But I'm going to tell you right now what they are. All right. What's your favorite thing in the book? The uh, reconfiguration of the skyports. I, I like that, too. Yeah. Okay. What's your least favorite thing? <laughs> um, ooh. ooh I'll, give you, I'll give you a second. My yeah, favorite yeah. thing is the frigate. Because uh, uh, of what we just talked about, and my third question is going to be, how many frigates do we collectively need to collect when we theory craft <laughs> whatever stupid list this is? Because I will go out and find them in the boxes, and we'll get yeah. them. Uh, so I'm going to say uh, three frigates will be, like, you're going to probably want to have at least three frigates if you want to run a three-frigate army. Um, and the thing that I actually like the least is I'm not as... I was expecting a little bit more from... Well, actually, my least favorite thing is that the spell in the bottle has been changed. That bummed me out. I'm oh, sorry. That specifically targeted you. With, it really did. With that change. Yeah. Because it, it, it did feel like it was like it was like it feels bad. Because I, yeah, I, I don't have to remember to bring my comet anymore to, I to stuff. So. But it, like, cause I, and I know why. Because they didn't want people abusing a Skaven spell in a Carriage and Overlords list. Because it made the Skaven spell like incredibly powerful for people that had the Skaven spell for KO. Yeah. And it also it future proofs them for new armies and new endless spells that come out for specific things that they don't have to go, ah oh, crap, that's the one that's gonna break the KO bottle that we forgot about because that was four books ago. Right. But it also meant that like all the spells that are currently 
around. Like, there, there's nothing good. There's nothing, like, stationary damaging. I still say three ironclads and a purple sun. You just see. You just you let just that try to happens. work itself out, you yeah. know? Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that would be my biggest. That's not a, and it's not even a gripe. It's just like, oh, that's kind of sad to see. Yeah. Like, the spell in the bottle was cool. It's not a thing that you're going to bring anymore, really. Nothing, but that's okay, because they gave us enough other stuff that is like, okay, I'm totally going to bring that instead. Yeah. Nothing in here is the, we're going to release a new pack of Wolf Rider models that look really cool, and they're also some of the worst units in the game. <laughs> yeah. Or not in the game, just in this book. And right. they, they also suck in this book, specifically. Like, And also, that's the cool thing. Everything in your army, the synergies here are very easy to track. Yes. You don't have... A lot of coming. I know we're coming out the Gits thing, so I'm kind of. This is a big, like, directional yeah, change. This is a huge change from Gits. Uh, yeah, and we're going to be looking at, I think, Beasts next, which, which is, is going to be, gonna be swinging back the other oh, way. Man. Yeah, we are, we are yin yanging. Uh, well, let's Yo-yoing. just hope that, like, Corn and Slanesh are relatively calm and normal books that don't which completely disrupt everything. Which has never been true. It's never been true. <laughs> but I am okay with that because at least we're not getting any books that feel like, oh, okay, this is the same thing they did in second edition, but. Now they do it a little better or worse or slightly differently. Like yeah. every army that has come out has not. This one doesn't feel like a brand new army, but it's got a glow up, and it feels like the, the frigate is almost a brand new unit. Yeah, and the tactics you have unlocked with it now are kind of cool. Yeah, and it does feel like completely brand. Like it does feel like a completely new unit. Like, yeah, this is not it. It used to just be baby ironclad, and now it is like oh no, this is its own thing. It has its own war scroll with its own rules, and it does. A, it's an you, independent ship, finally. It's yes. set out on its own, it has its goals, has its dreams, and its dreams it has its, are to fucking crash into the ground and kill everyone on the floor. It has its Aether Golds. Oh. Well, I don't think we're going to do any better than that. So I think that's the, probably going to clock out. <laughs> so for the Atlanta Warhammer Podcast, I'm Josh. And I'm Zach, saying... Too thick for my liking. It's like that.